Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. And we're back, man. Episode 168. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, today is Sunday, and you'll be hearing this on Monday, obviously, but today is the day of the fight with Logan Paul and uh, Mayweather and, you know, the freak show that I'm purposely not supporting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, just to bring that whole situation up. Uh, Jake Paul made a statement about Dana White, and this kind of explains why some of these fights are happening. Um, Jake Paul rips Dana White. Um, Basically, he says, Jake Paul rips Dana White in UFC for underpaying fighters. Everyone is scared of him. I don't give a fuck about him. He said uh, in verbatim, this is what he said, or in quotes, excuse me. Uh, Hold on. Jake Paul has made a lot of ways in the combat sports world and his upcoming summer fight with former UFC Tyron Woodley figures to be one of the bigger events of combat sports, uh, the combat sports year. However, you break that down and what, whatever it means to you, the 24 year old YouTube celebrity has been able to easily leapfrog past so many other stars in the fight game. Paul is also taking up a little taking up the battle against UFC and in particular Dana White. Much has been made of the UFC underpaying is fire fighters over the years. And there has been a sort of a consistent and minor use rise in the chatter there. Paul used the media event this week with Woodley to, to really go at white. Let me go straight down to the quote. I ain't read no more of that. I'm going for Connor McGregor. I'm going for Floyd Mayweather. I'm going for all these guys. I want Kamuru Oz, Kamru Uzman, Nate Diaz, but I'm not looking past Tyron at all. He said there is a lot of names that USC guys are all owned by Dana White. So who is Dana White going to let out of his contract to get knocked out? Well, fuck all that. I didn't look that up to say that. Okay, fuck all this because they got too much here instead of the instead of the actual uh, what he said. He basically said, hold on, man. See, this is why I wanted the freaking soundbite in there because some of these some of these writers, they write a bunch of fluff. Yeah. And you got to go down and you've read and you've read so much shit. And now the listeners are like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> the objective with a podcast is to keep people engaged. I don't want to read you the fucking death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, what he said is that Dana White is known for underpaying UFC fighters. And these fighters, by the end of their career, they're all fucked up and they ain't really got that much money. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like what Jake Paul is doing now, even though I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of Jake Paul. I feel it's a charitable thing. I feel that Jake Paul is getting these guys the biggest payday of their career. And it's coming from an exhibition fight. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Why is it that Dana White is not paying these fucking fighters? These is gladiators not getting paid what they're making. The, like Conor McGregor's biggest payday was against Floyd. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. UFC is a huge world sport now. Why the fuck are they not getting the money that they deserve? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I, I don't. This has been a theme for years. And a lot of people have, as far as the fans, like, oh, um, MMA is taking over. UFC is taking over boxing and all this kind of stuff. But every time we look at the and this is what Floyd Floyd Mayweather has said since the make the mid 2000s uh probably like since 2010 um when there was really like rumblings of different fights and you know when Floyd Mayweather really became the the star of boxing 
he's always said that he's like, yo, like, look at my paydays. That's that's always his argument because he considers himself a prize fighter. But I think as fans, they I don't think fans. Do you think fans actually care how much fighters are getting paid? It's not so much about the fans don't give a fuck if you make three dollars a fight. Right. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, to me, it it matters to me because I want people to be valued properly, because when we go into a space, we plan on taking this podcast pretty far. So I feel like just for example, in the NFL, let's say you're the best linebacker in the league and then you watch like another linebacker who was statistically the second best linebacker. What you normally do is you wait for that second best linebacker to get his contract. Yeah. Because he set the he set the the bar or the standard. He's like, okay, boom, now it's my turn, mm-hmm. and then now you become the highest paid linebacker. But most of them wait. Uh-huh. That's how it works. But uh-huh. usually the value is set so people know what's up. Yeah. So I think in any in any business you want to be properly valued. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and even though you are getting well compensated, you're still not making close to what the motherfucker is making that's signing your check. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know how that their business is set up because the you know in the NBA they have like the the players union right. or whatever where you know every year they negotiate you know who gets what as far as the business. So I think they had like a fifty uh, fifty one forty nine split or something as far as like the revenue that comes into mm-hmm. uh, the NBA or something like that. And even now in the NFL, players are really um, really utilizing their power. Guys like Julio Jones demanding trades and stuff like that. So I don't know why UFC, the fighters in there, haven't got on board. Like it's it's a it's a new day and age where you don't necessarily need that shield of the NFL or the you know the brand no. of the NBA to really make some noise, especially when you're when you're a fighter. But I, you know, I don't know what type of contracts these people are signing because they don't they seem to be very quiet about money at all, you know? Yeah, because they're they're afraid. They mm-hmm. they're doing the sport they love, but you know, they're contractually obligated to fulfill that uh that contract. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to, for the fighters to respond in protest would be to do what Marshawn Lynch did. Marshawn Lynch actually set the bar for what you do as an athlete in order to to if you're contractually obligated to do something and you still do it, but you don't do it the way they want you to. For example, uh, Marshawn Lentz during the Super Bowl press conference. I'm just I'm here, here so, so I won't get, get fined. Yeah. I'm just here so I won't get fined. If every UFC fighter got in the ring and they just play and just went in a circle, threw a couple shadow punches and didn't yeah. hurt each other at all. You are still fulfilling your contract by getting in the ring and fighting, but you're not hurting the opponent. You're not giving you're not giving any you're not showing any action, but you're just out there just throwing shadow boxing. So you technically fought, but you didn't. If F- if you if every UFC fighter got in there and did that and they did it enough, they will fucking get paid. You got to think, though, there's a lot of those people that are just happy to be there. These are people yeah. that are coming from poverty, yeah, coming from different countries, you know, growing up uh, poor, you know, yeah. eating one meal a day maybe kind of thing. And then now they're touching 700000 500000 300000 That's the top fighters, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying they touch them. You know, most of them, n- none of them are taking a pay cut to be a fighter. These are all guys that probably came from poverty, came from, you know, just poor places around the world. Um, so... 
I think a lot of them are just happy to be there. I think that's part of the reason why they don't speak out a lot. And then also, like, you have to get everybody on the same page when it comes to these type of protests. Because um, even if it's like if 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 a Conor McGregor or uh, uh, John Jones or somebody like that wanted to, you know, these huge names, they wanted to do that type of protest, it would make some noise. But it, I don't hear that. I don't hear these conversations outside of Conor McGregor um, about pay. I only hear Conor McGregor saying these kind of these kind of things. I think that I'm be real. I think that there are other other athletes from other sports that are giving UFC fighters grace like Floyd Mayweather. I think honestly, I think that Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, I think they're really cool. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. They've been seen together a few times just chilling. Mm-hmm. So I feel like these some of these situations are fabricated to sell these fights. But I think that Jake Paul and Logan, guys like them, I think they actually care about these UFC fighters. And I think that this is a it's a charitable thing. And I also think that if you're a UFC fighter and you you like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I was in poverty, you know, this and that. Right. That's true. But that kind of starts to evaporate. When you're when you look at Jake Paul and say this guy's making three million dollars in one fight and he doesn't have a quarter of the fucking skill that I have. What is going on? So two things are true. You could be happy to be somewhere. But when you continue to be undervalued over and over again, you stop being cool with that shit. And I think that some of these UFC fighters get your money, bro. You got this is not a regular job. You are breaking legs. You are snapping people's arms. These are Brazilian jits, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. These motherfuckers will snap your arm behind your back, dude. This is not a game. By the time you retire from these sports, you could barely walk. You probably got a broken hip. You probably got a broken leg. You got all kind of vertebrae fucked up. And you're not paid right? You know, you know what's sad? I'm not going to say any names, but I know a boxer that has, has when, you, when you talk to him, you can see that there's a cognitive decline. And I'm older than this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a slurred speech and everything. So these boxers and these these boxers and these MMA fighters are getting kicked, punched in the head. And by the time they're in their late 20s, they're like, yeah, that's something cool. I know. It's sad, man. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. Pay these people. So at least if they start to have these problems, they don't got to go work at Walmart. They ain't got to go work at Target. They ain't got to go work at fucking Target Distribution Center. That's disgusting. You know how many boxers and fighters that got broken fingers and they body all fucked up? They just out working regular jobs now. But you got to think the UFC been around since what? A while. Early two thousands? No, 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 nineties. But it, but back then it was a it was a it was a freak show. Back then they used yeah. to have <laughs> that shit was crazy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like we talking like it was like ninety four or ninety five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't quote me on that, but it was definitely nineties. I'm just saying I say that to say like it take it took up until the late 20 the late 2010s for NBA players I think I think the first person when I seen a crazy contract and I was like yo this, this NBA is different it was when Mike Conley got I don't know how much he got but he got yeah. a crazy contract and yeah. I was like Mike Con- not no disrespect to Mike Conley but Mike Conley ain't he not no superstar in the NBA yeah. and then it was a domino effect it after was 100 that 100 something LeBron and you know uh Steph and then Dame Lillard and all these guys Russell Westbrook all these guys was getting crazy, crazy contracts. Ones. I think Mike Conley's was for like <clears throat> 120 million or something yeah. 130 or something. And he was the first one out that after that new uh the new 
the bargain the agreement. New, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh-huh. I, you, you got to understand though, when you see when you see a player get a hundred thirty-two million dollar contract, two hundred million dollar contract, you're like, oh my god, how is that? How is that organization <clears throat> even going to afford it, bro? A person that has an organization or a huge conglomerate that pays you two hundred million—that's probably the equivalent of paying you about, mm, I say about ten grand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about the equivalent mm-hmm. so they're, they're not hurting at all and they're, they're not paying you that in a lump sum they're paying you that over time over some years and, and not to mention how much of that is actually guaranteed mm-hmm. so if you got a 200 million dollar contract that means you fulfilled the contract but if only out of that 200 if 130 million of that is guaranteed then you're only a, a 132 million guaranteed and then you're being taxed for like fucking 50 percent of that mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. So you what you end up with what I don't know what seventy some million sixty mm-hmm. some million whatever the math is on that yeah but but I was saying that to say like it took the NBA maybe a hundred years to get to that place exactly so UFC in twenty ninety that's when y'all start getting nah, your big contracts it ain't, they ain't gonna take that long it ain't gonna take till the next couple years because with the way that they're being put out by a YouTuber he's not gonna let up on Dana White. The mm-hmm. difference between now and then is the NBA didn't have social media. Yeah. UFC, yes, it's older, but the popularity of UFC didn't start coming on until the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Right. So the 2000s, when it started taking off, it's only 2021. Mm-hmm. This is still a very young sport. It's, it's, it might be at the peak of its popularity, though. Yeah, it might be at the peak for sure. I believe it is. You know, there's certain. It's probably, I think as long as Dana White is the head honcho, they're going to get, it's going to be incremental growth yeah because he doesn't want to show his hand yeah he's not gonna want to show his hand all right this is what jake paul said in in uh in verbatim what he said he said um there's a movement going forward that is going to show the fighters showing that fighters should be getting paid more paul said in the video uploaded by former ufc whoa a ufc fighter posted the shit see former ufc fighter jimmy manua it's unfair to ufc fighters don't it's unfair. The UFC fighters don't have fair payout. Uh, out of all the sports, the percentage that the owners get versus the athlete, they're the lowest. Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. That fight should happen. Dana White should pay them ten million. He's he's taking their money. They're the they're the ones making the content. He said also they're they're the ones getting in the ring, risking their life. Chris Weedman goes in, snaps his leg in half. Paul added, "What's that look like?" He might not ever be able to fight again and provide food for his family. These fighters are risking their lives. You can quite literally die in a ring and they need to be compensated more. I'm a big proponent of that movement and being in control. It's just like music labels. Same thing. These artists are getting owned and they get locked into these shitty contracts and they don't know what to do. So fuck this and fuck Dana White. (laughs) See, that's how you could talk when you got fuck you money. You know how many motherfuckers I want to tell to fuck they self? But I ain't got the money to do it. How many? Shit, about 20 or 5 or 30. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to call somebody. I want to call them at 4 in the morning, too. Right when yeah. they wake up. Hello? Hey, man, fuck you, man. <laughs> Who is this? You know what this is, man. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, that. Uh, I, I, I love everything he said there. The only issue is, is that there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can dispute about the statement he made. I think the only thing is, is like, 
and part of the the whole record contract thing too is like these people sign those contracts. Yeah, it's, it's always going to kind of boil boil down to to that idea. These people are signing up. They should get paid more, and we oh. should own our masters. But look, when it comes down to it, the most popular companies in the world make money off poor people. Yeah, facts. So what happens is is your position of desperation allows them to thrive as a business. Yeah. Most fighters, most boxers, a lot of MMA guys grew up poor, mm-hmm. you know, and like it's crazy how especially like gladiator sports, even way back in the day in the in the, I don't, not the medieval days, but like uh, what the Roman Empire days mm-hmm. like motherfuckers was fighting. A lot of these guys grew up poor. Yeah. And they were gladiators and people came and watched them like the show, the movie Gladiator. I don't know if you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. That shit is real. Yeah. They literally had dudes fighting. Mm-hmm. And now it's no different, except now they got these guys in there. They're glorified fighters. And but they not they're not getting the money they should get. And people say like, well, you know, look how much money they're getting just to fight. That's ridiculous. Right. But let's be clear. Um, when it's all said and done and their financial advisor is fucking them behind their backs and stealing their money, which is a lot of professional athletes have had that happen to them. Mm-hmm. And even in the NFL, 70% of players after playing in NFL go broke. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is not always due to them uh, just blowing their money. A lot of times they trust people with their finances and they get fucked. Yeah. And imagine that, man, you get fucked out of your finances. You cannot prove it in the, in a, in the courtroom and, now you're sitting down with snapped up feet and broken legs and you're just broke. Mm-hmm. And now everybody that was cheering for you is making fun of you. What that guy do with his money? <laughs> yeah. I remember when he was fighting on HBO. Now look at him. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. They, they, they cheer for you and then they'll boo you later on. Mm-hmm. These people need to be paid. Yeah. You ain't got no disagreement for me. Yeah. It's just, but it, it, it's the thing about it is the way everything you're saying is 100% true, but we need something actionable. Right. You know, it, it's, the lip service is cool, but, yeah. and also I'm not even, I don't actually watch UFC fights. Um, I'm not a fighter. Like, as far as these UFC fighters, they got to figure it out. Yeah. Because um, y'all have the, I think what people don't realize is you have the power as the, the talent or the entertainer or the athlete, you have the power. Um, because without you, there's no, there's no show. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just noticed a very, <clears throat> look for, here's, let's be very clear. I think that Dana White has such a hard, like grasp on that whole sport that very few people are going to say anything, but just pay attention to what's happened. And you don't even need to guess if he's paying them enough or not. The most money that these fighters make is never in the octagon. Mm hmm. Holly, uh, not even Holly Holm, uh, Ronda Rousey leaves the WWE getting paid. Yeah, Um, making movies and stuff. All kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. Not just her, um, uh, the heavyweight, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, left WWE, went there. I think he went back for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is players, not players, but the fighters jump in and out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you look at, oh, what's another one? Uh, The the heavy-handed fighter, uh, the Mexican dude, the heavyweight. Fuck. Forgot his name. Um, that had the tattoo around his neck. Damn it. I can't remember his name. Somebody's going to think about it right now. Mm-hmm. But he went to WWE. Uh-huh. So what is that telling you? Instead of fighting and continuing to fight, they get out of there because they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. 
And it ain't right, man. And the thing about it is there's some people I'm going to just come out and say this because I think that some people need to hear this. There are some people that should never own anything because they become dictators of all and they undervalue the people that are the value. When you are the value, you should be valued, meaning you should be fucking paid. But when you got a selfish piece of shit that is not paying and not treating people the way they should be treated and not paying them handsomely for what they do in the octagon, then you're going to see a bunch of people leaving. And not until many years later will they say something bad about Dana White. Not because because right now they they have the contractual obligations and they're probably not trying to fuck over other fighters. Mm-hmm. Maybe a fighter in their camp, they don't want to ruin it for them. And I bet you Dana White has the ability to blackball people too. You also, uh, there might be something in the contract that says you can't talk about. Yeah, it might be an NDA in there. Mm-hmm. Might be an NDA in there. Not to mention, but I really believe anybody who would underpay you would blackball you also. Mm-hmm. And he probably has more power than we give him credit for. So, well, I don't want to stay on this all day. I just, it really just, it really grinds my gears when you got a bunch of people that are fighting and they love to fight, but they're getting fucked in the process. And now it's because they got a guy that's acting like Dana White and Birdman are like the same motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Dana White has a history of not paying people, undervaluing people, and they leave broke and they got to go to a whole nother label. They got to get out of their contract. They got to go public. They got to have other rappers speak up for them to get them out of contracts because mm-hmm. Birdman ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting. Some people should never own anything. We'll move on. Switching gears. Um, customer complains about Burger King employees' uniform. Uh, let me go to the article here. This is hilarious. This is probably one of the funniest things I've seen throughout the week. All right. There it is. All right. Burger King employee slams. Hold on. Burger King employee slams customer who complained uniform was a distraction. She's mad at the wrong person. End quote. It says a Burger King employee posted a fed up TikTok, fed up TikTok customer allegedly told her that her uniform was too distracting for the woman's husband. This is one of the the in the slew of viral videos addressing whether what a woman is wearing is causing a problem. In early May, a mom accused a security officer of kicking her out of the theme park over her shorts. Then in April, a woman on TikTok claimed that her man but a man had snapped a photo of her while she was working out at the gym. Here's a new review of Burger King's. Oh, nobody care about the chicken sandwich, motherfucker. <laughs> Damn, I hate when they did. I had a lady complain today because uh, my work uniform was a distraction to her husband. Layla captioned in a clip. I guess I'll leave my ass at home next time. Layla then showed off her uniform in a video, which was collared Burger King shirt with black jeans before she flipped off the camera. The video has been watched over 15 million times. Distract him from what? The customer asked. Apparently, she was trying to tell him something and he wasn't paying attention. So she got upset. Lala replied. She's mad at the wrong person. Someone else pointed out. Uh, Here's the problem. The problem is this. I seen the picture of the, the Burger King employee. She had a big, fat ass, a bubbly, tight, nice ass. And the woman was fucking jealous. That's all it is. Her husband was looking at an ass that wasn't hers, and she got mad. That's all the fuck that happened. And folks, what people need to understand is when you keep comparing yourself to others, the only reason why you would lash out and do something like 
complain or get mad or whatever is because you've looked at somebody else and decided that they were better than you. You got to stop doing that, man. There's always going to be someone that looks better than you, Mm -hmm. someone taller than you. Fellas, pay attention. If you ever bust your wife or your girl like kind of glancing at a dude, not being disrespectful looking at him, but you catch her glancing at the dude and the dude is tall and he's handsome and he whatever the case, don't get mad at your wife. She's human. Leave it alone. Yeah. Don't get jealous. Don't be like, you looking at that guy? Of course she's looking at him. She still got eyes. <laughs> the same thing as this fucking guy that was looking at this chick's ass that worked at Burger King. This girl has a perfect ass. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say that. That's subjective. But it's big. Go to the article and look at it. You'll see what I'm saying. <laughs> Hit the link in the bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what she needed to do is uh, quit Burger King and start her OnlyFans. And, and you know, some of this was for attention too. Mm-hmm. The, the picture she posted. Oh, because she, instead of having a Burger King uniform untucked and like folded down to cover her butt, she kind of lifted it up so people could see her butt. Well, you tuck your shirt in at the fast food restaurant. You do. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having it tucked in, she really had that ass poking out. Yeah. But let's be clear, right? People might say, oh my God, you guys are objectifying women. No, we're not objectifying. We just see things. The same thing, the same way women see dick prints and sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not objectifying. I'm just describing. I'm just describing something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not this girl's fault that she has a big booty. That's mm-hmm. not her fucking <clears throat> fault. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, she get it from her mama. All right, anyways, Keith. Um, <laughs> 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 Everybody give it up for Keith right? <laughs> Give it up for Keith Ruining a perfect conversation Just Ruining everything um, Yeah it's not her fault That mm-hmm. she happens to be um, Voluptuous in certain places Right yeah. So what did, what did this lady She complained to what the store manager or something Yeah she complained I guess she uh, was mad at the Hold on Hold on Let me go back to the article because th- uh, uh-huh. what this reminds me of, um, not directly, but it reminds me of a lot of these hair situations where dude with dreads is, you know, um, maybe let go from a job or told to cut his hair or something. It's like a lot of this stuff has no real effect on the work environment. Mm. No, uh, it doesn't. I mean, but hey, I mean, realistically, we know how people are. Yeah. When things are not tailored to a person's taste, they want to always throw a fit. Oh, body shaming. Oh, diet culture. Oh, this. Oh, that. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what's funny? In America, we complain about things like diet culture, body shaming, because we're fucking privileged. When you you go to other countries, they don't got a bowl of oatmeal to fucking eat. Wait, you getting into that already? Well, no, I'm just saying. This, this is we'll get into it later. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the things we complain about in America mm-hmm. show the level of privilege that we have. Yeah. You're complaining about a girl's uniform because she has a nice ass. That's obvious. Right. Don't you got better. Don't you got fucking bigger fish to fry than this? I, I just think that um, uh, a lot of people are insecure and a lot of people are jealous. And I, I, yeah. I don't. It's no fault of the girls, you know, she just she's wearing the uniform that they told her to wear. I just think that um, a lot of people don't can't compartmentalize their jealousy or their insecurities. And, you know, this is this tends to be the result of it. You know, like you said, it could have been a situation where the two um, the couple or the whomever they were just sitting at the table and she might have walked by or she might have turned around from the register and went to the back or something. 
and she got that Meg the Stallion ass just jiggling while she walked into the back of the store. And uh, he was probably just looking and probably started stuttering and forgetting his words and fumbling the wallet Bro. and whatnot. And this girl don't work at Burger King. She work at Booty King. <laughs> man, I, I'll tell you this much, man. Um, like Keith mentioned, it's just jealousy, man. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. You, you obviously are. When you do things like this, you're telling on yourself. You're saying, "Look, I'm so insecure that I'm mad that my husband is looking at other women that look better than me." Yeah. Let's be realistic, man. We got to stop being so insecure. I think, but not to cut you off, but I think also. As partners, whether you're a man or a woman, you have to be aware of your partner's jealousy, too. Yes. You know what I mean? So if you even in, in that situation, you, like you said, we all have eyes. There's no way of not seeing how big her butt is. Um, but you don't have to make it so obvious or you don't you know, you don't have to do it in such an overt way where, you know, it's making your partner uncomfortable. So it's faults on both sides. I think the guy I don't and I don't know how it played out. We don't really have no we don't have the playback or the footage or whatever, but. I think she needs to work on her jealousy and um, understand that she can love her body for what it is if she got a flat booty or whatever. And I think the guy can do a better job of just, you know, not not having such wandering eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Like if you're around your girl, you don't want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's important. I mean, I'll be honest. And every guy here and every woman can admit it, but they, they act like they don't. Just because you're married or you have a girlfriend or whatever the case, whatever your guys' situation is, it, your your partner is always looking. They're always looking. Always. They just do a better job of not disrespecting you, but they still looking. Mm-hmm. If you five foot nine, right? Your girl noticed that dude that was six foot two that walked into uh walked into Home Depot mm-hmm. with the cutoff sleeves with the big arms. She been yeah. she's seen him a yeah. couple of times. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, wow, look at him. But she still respected you enough not to mention it or even act like she's seen him. Mm-hmm. But she's seen him. Trust mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know how many women that I've, and first of all, I'm not making it like I'm surprised. I'm a regular Joe Blow. You know how many times I've been places and a girl was walking with her boyfriend and wa- and I kind of glanced over and she was like looking at me. And I'm like, oh, wow. While holding her man's hand. That's crazy. Many times, many, many times that has happened. Yeah. Eddie got hoes breaking their necks out here. Okay. Um, like I said, uh, <laughs> like Eddie just called himself a snack. Yeah, yeah. It was like, ooh, look at that big chocolate snack. It's like, ooh, that's a king size snicker. <laughs> yeah, that's man. funny. Yeah, they no people are not gonna they're not gonna stop looking, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I, this is what I was gonna say earlier is you have to the value that you have as a human being. You have to stop letting that be on the surface. Yeah, stop. Please stop. It's so, it's so much more. Yeah, but here's the thing. Your value should be this. There is only one me. Tell yourself this, please. There is only one me. And if my girlfriend or wife or husband or whoever it is, is dumb enough to jeopardize that because they think they found something better on the surface with someone else, they go ahead and do it. Fine. But they will never have me back. There is only one me. That is what you need to tell yourself. That's yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Your value is in <clears throat> your existence, not in your ass, not in your dick, not in your titties. It's in you. That's what people don't get. Yeah. And it seems like we keep dealing. The reason why jealousy and all these things and insecurity, jealousy and insecurities only exist based on people comparing themselves on the surface with other people. If you didn't compare yourself, you would not have these problems. 
Yeah. You wouldn't. I, I think that's important too, just kind of understanding uh, your own value. Like for me, I don't, I don't have a, I don't walk in the room um, like I'm this, you know, this sex symbol or I'm just this, this. Uh, I don't know about that because you walked in the room one day and some girl's like, oh my God, it's Keith. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah, I got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Make a podcast popping, you know what I mean? Make a skits and what? No, I'm just oh fine. my God, save, <laughs> save me from my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. but um but that that's just not where my my mind you know think i don't i don't i don't think very much about aesthetics outside of like you know like the aesthetic of the podcast or like mm-hmm. when i'm framing something in the camera or something like that mm-hmm. but my i think for me the the thing that i focus on the most is like my mindset and and my goals like right. that's where my ego is i think i have an elite um like as far as like a mindset, you know, because I, I know a lot of people and we know a lot of people mm-hmm. personally that don't um, that have a lot of ideas. Niggas will call you and be like, yo, man, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But I'm the type of person that does it. You know what I mean? Me and Eddie will have a conversation about it or me and my girl have a conversation in ab- about it. And whether it's a year from now or, you know, six months or three weeks or whatever, like the majority of the time, like those things are going to get executed. I can't say the same for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, no matter how good they look, if they six, five, if mm. they five, five, whatever, you know what I mean? So that's where I put my value and stock in. So the same, like, just like you said, if, if you happen to, um, have a partner that has a wandering eye or they end up cheating on you or they texting somebody else, you know, just realize that you are the catch. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you're not always the catch though. You need to be, you need to be self-aware. Some Some of y'all is a drop. Yeah. You're not the catch. Yeah. Some of you just admit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But look, I'll I'll end it with this, man. Um, This is the truth too, man. When you compare yourself to others, then you will find out very quick that a lot of times you fall flat. Yeah. I'm just keeping it real. Sometimes if you compare yourself to another person, you realize, man, that person got a way nicer body than me. Man, that person's way smarter than me. Man, that person's way better at basketball than me. Man, that person. You start to realize that, hey, I don't really compare to that person. I feel like they're better than me. But guess what, though? Here's the funny thing about people. They be insecure and mad when the person is more attractive than them, right? But when they see somebody that look that looks less than them or they feel like they look better than that person, then there's no there's no problem then. Mm-hmm. Now you feel all secure. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, no reason to feel insecure about somebody uglier than you. Right, exactly. Now yeah. you But but even I think what happens with that those type of comparisons is that it it really never ends, right? Mm-hmm. So there can be somebody that if it's say that I'm the insecure person, that could be somebody I'm like, man, I look better than do right there. There ain't no mm-hmm. reason for me to be worried about my girl liking him, but he might be six, six. And that's a whole nother, you know what I mean? So what happens with the whole that having that insecurity as a as a mindset or ideology, it you 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 will find it in anybody in anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you think you look better, he might be taller. He might be richer. He might you know, he might have a better job than you or something like that. So. That's why it's, it's just better to you know, focus on you and focus on loving yourself. 100%. And this all stemmed from, you know, but it, it, it all makes <clears> sense, though. The only reason why the woman was mad at the girl is because she had a nice body and her husband looked at it. She, the, the crazy part is, 
and I don't know the situation of the person walking in or whatever, but she's in a privilege. That's why I was saying the comparisons never really end. She's in a privileged situation because she's purchasing food from the girl. The girl just works at a fast food. Mm -hmm. She probably getting paid minimum wage and she probably has a part time job. Mm -hmm. But the person she may have. You know, got a Mercedes outside and she walk inside and still be insecure about seeing another girl with a big butt. Yeah. Yeah. This also proves this also proves that you don't have to get naked to be sexy because that girl has a really nice body Mm -hmm. and she's the furthest thing from being naked. Yeah. I think women just existing is sexy. Yeah. Just women, you know, just the girl with the Coca-Cola T-shirt and some blue jeans just walking around. Yeah. Her hair just done. However, yeah, that's sexy. This being normal in your natural habitat yeah. is sexy. Mm-hmm. All the over-the-top shit that women be doing, I don't think men have suggested that they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some dudes that might be like, I, I, I need you to dress up for me and get pretty. That's just a man being controlling. Yeah. Like, honestly, just women being themselves is a, is a pretty much a turn on to me. Yeah. Like you said, in the natural habitat, it's... Um you know, whether, wherever you, I always thought like, I had this idea. It wasn't really a joke. It was just kind of this idea I had, but there's some girls you'd be catching at, um, in, at like fast food restaurants and stuff like that, that that's almost too pretty or too attractive to be working at those kind of spaces. That's false too though. What you mean? It's just false. We've, it's like, it's our own dumb, it's our dumb made up ideology. Yeah. That somebody that pretty, shouldn't be working a regular job you're just a regular fucking person like, yeah you're not to anything to be doing that job yeah but we make up this shit like yeah and here's the thing and and you're right too because you're also it's also true they look out of place yeah they'll be working at like the dollar general and they look like a fucking model yeah and you like what the fuck is going dollar on? Dollar General is ran down. It, yeah, it is. The yeah. Dollar General looks like uh, a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I do think, I think there's an aesthetic to some of these hiring processes, though, for sure. Yeah. Like, places like Starbucks or like a Hollister or something like that. They, they trying to pick the pretty white girls yeah, to do. work there. Yeah, or the, mm-hmm. or the white guy that looks like Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. That's what they put on the on the, on the the application. Must look as close to Zac Efron as possible. They just look like Disney Channel stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, what they do is huh? they have auditions in, yeah. in L.A. for, you know, all these Disney Channel movies. Right. And then the people that don't get the roles, they just ship them to Starbucks all across America. <laughs> 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 Previous job, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. They all have a certain look. Yeah, they have like Zac Efron and <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, was Jake? Jake, he was on there. I think he was. I don't know if Jake, but I know uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. I know uh, what's Britney your, Spears, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Grande. Uh, uh, it was either Jake Oriana Grande. Jake, I'm talking about the Mickey Mouse Club. I'm just talking about all those shows. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> but I think the Mickey Mouse Club, it had like all those. It was either Chris Evans or Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. One of those. One of those. One of those Maybe like some uh, Zach and Cody looking ass niggas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. Yeah. How'd you get this job? <laughs> I said I look like Zach, bro. <laughs> uh, that was 
crazy. They usually got one black guy that kind of looks like the white guys, but he's black. That's kind of hard to explain. No straight black male works at Starbucks. Oh, well, not even Starbucks. I'm talking about like in the mall and like those stores. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, is, is Hollister the store where they have? Uh, no, no, that's, that's Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh-huh. Abercrombie and Fitch back in the day, there used to be. First of all, the whole store smells like strong ass cologne. It's disgusting. Like you walk by Abercrombie and Fitch and it smells like you were. Uh, what, what was that show that was on MTV? It smells like you fucking went to Laguna Beach. <laughs> That that is not making me buy jeans. Yo, why is every time we do a podcast, these motherfuckers having a drag race down there? It's conservatives trying no, to see who's more conservative. <laughs> if I beat you in this race, I'm more conservative, bro. <laughs> I bet you my flag's bigger than your flag. God dang. Yeah, <clears throat> Bakersfield, bro, is definitely it's more like Texas than California. <laughs> Just lifted trucks with the biggest flag ever. Yeah, it's so annoying, man. There's nothing wrong with being patriotic, but goddamn, man. Yeah. I seen somebody with a flag so big. Like, this motherfucker was more than almost a car length long. Really? Yeah, it was on a on freeway. On a truck? On yeah. a freeway? Yeah. That's got to be illegal, man. Yeah, it's obstructing people's view. Yeah, it's just flag. Yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> People love America, bro. It's also, it also be dangerous, too, man, because mm-hmm. while you see that flag, on a freeway and you're driving, how are you supposed to drive with one hand over your heart and the other one on the steering wheel? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cannot go 10 to 2 looking at that flag. It's, there was this uh, this show called Ted Lasso. Um, it's with... Oh, I forget the dude's name. But you, you would know him if you've seen him. Um, but it's, a, it's basically a show about this former football coach at Weber State, I think. And he gets mm-hmm. hired to coach a soccer team in England or something in like the Euro, you know, the big Euro League out there or whatever. Um, and there's a point and you know, soccer, it'd be having there'll be a dude from Africa on there. He might be from uh, Ghana or Nigeria or something. And then they'll have a dude from Spain on the team. Then they'll have a dude from Ireland and then a couple of dudes from England. It's just like a, a melting pot on the on the soccer teams. A bunch of very <laughs> odd accents. Yeah. Yeah. And they all jumbled up in, on, on one team. And uh, this is going back to the whole patri- patriotism thing The the coach, he was he's he's kind of like a. He's a, as I guess like a zeitgeist guy or an energy guy. Like he just likes the atmosphere to be um, like like uh, enjoyable for everybody. He's not an X's and O's guy. He's like a, a morale kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So what he was doing, you know those those green little army things, like the little toys that's yeah, on yeah. Toy Story. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, those like classic toys or whatever. Mm-hmm. What he was doing, his son had gave him those before he went to England, and he was kind of giving them out to different people as kind of like a like a uh, just a, a gift from him uh, with mm-hmm. like some sentimental value. Yeah. And he gave it to the African dude, and then the dude was like, "Yo, coach, I appreciate you for giving me this gift. You know, I appreciate it a lot, but." I'm going to just ask you to keep this because I don't look at the American military the same way you do. Mm. So it was just it was just interesting to hear like, you know, that be put into a show like that. Like, you know, the way that white people view like the whole patriotism and the big flags mm. and stuff like that. Like we just don't have that same view. And of, he said he was from Africa or something. Yeah. So did he look at the coach and say, coach, I'm your leader now. <laughs> 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 you remember that movie with Tom Hanks? Nah. You don't remember where he was held captive and that African dude was like, 
I am your leader now. Well, he, the, uh, what's it called? I forgot, but it was on a boat, and it was this, yeah. <clears throat> the African dude that they took over the ship. It's yeah. a true story, yeah. by the way. And then he was like, look at me. I am your leader now. Yeah, I do remember that movie. Yeah. I forget the name of it, but I do remember I forgot, it. too. Mm-hmm. That guy's got the crazy... That, they, that dude really looks like that. I thought he put on makeup to look like that. But nah, that nigga really looked like that. They just went to... They just did a casting call in Africa. They went to the slums. <laughs> it's like, we need the most Africanist African we can find to do this fucking movie. <laughs> he didn't even know English. He just knew the words on the page. Like, they just had to recite it for him. Yeah, they went, and got, they went and got Francis Ngannou's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, switching gears. Uh, liberal and conservative ide- ideology uh, around the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um. What I've been paying attention to in regards to the vaccine recently, because you had Gavin Newsom uh, doing this whole like incentivizing the vaccine. He did like a whole lottery thing, which I was just like, all right, man, whatever. For me, like in regards to Gavin, um, it's just weird. Like a guy that couldn't even follow his own guidelines is doing a fucking lotto. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You had a fucking super spreader event dinner. And now you're over here like, all right, guys, uh, we have the new the lottery uh, for you guys to uh, uh, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is a joke. Just politics in general in regards to pretty much anything is a joke. But Gavin is like the drug addict parent that's like, hey, don't do drugs. <sighs> that Gavin Newsom is the type to tell you don't do drugs and then sniff coke off a 23 year old girl. Gavin definitely got a sex tape out nowhere else. Ah, that'd be crazy. That's on. That's probably on. You know the NFTs. Uh huh. That nigga selling. He probably sell his sex tape on the NFT. Yeah, it'll come out probably twenty five years later. <laughs> you know when he's retired from politics. Yeah, he's like he gonna be on the porn like uh, you like Gavin's cock. Yeah, uh, you like Gavin's cock. You like this political penis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> political penis. Wow, this guy is so crazy. Nah, um, but yeah, um. What I've noticed with conservatives is they had pushback on the virus. It was a fake virus. This is fucking ignorant, right? There's two sides of ignorant, but the conservatives side of ignorant was the virus is fake. And now they got a vaccine. They want to they want to go against my American rights. Mm-hmm. And they're going to force us to take. Nobody's forcing you to take the fucking vaccine, you dipshit. OK, nobody's <laughs> forcing you to do it. It's still your option to do it. And then they'll say, well, we don't know what's in this vaccine. We mm-hmm. don't know what's in this vaccine. You, you, these damn liberals trying to get you to take this everything. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, buddy, let's be clear. Do you have to take the vaccine? No. Do I think it's right to force you to do it? No. No one's forcing you. That's the first That's the first uh, thing. Second thing is you don't even know what's in Fruit Loops, motherfucker, but you eat them. Yeah. You don't know what's in those goddamn cigarettes you smoke either, stupid, but you yeah. smoke them every day. Or your weed. Yeah, not even though. Let's not go with the weed. Uh, they don't know what's in there, though. Yeah, not really, but... The thing about it is, is half of the things that you indulge in, you don't fucking know what you're eating half the time. Mm-hmm. But then you then you try to say, we don't know what's in this virus. Now, why all of a sudden do you actually give a fuck? Mm-hmm. You didn't give a fuck when you was eating them goddamn. Uh, uh, and I love uh, honey butters of oats. I love it. But there's probably some shit on there that I can't pronounce, which means it's not natural, which means we really don't know what the fuck it is. We yeah. just eat it. Yeah. So half the shit we eat, we're worried about it. Another point, you're worried about what you're putting in your body, but you're more afraid of the vaccine than the fucking diabetes that you have from eating bad. Mm-hmm. 
So you don't care about that. You don't care about the potential risk from cigarettes. And then on the liberal side, it's more or less like, oh, we need to take it. They treat it like it's the worst thing since the fucking plague. And here's the problem, though. A lot of people did die. So I don't want to I don't want to minimize the situation at all because that would be unfair. However, I will say the overreaction to the virus big time is definitely taking on taking uh, place on the left. Mm-hmm. A lot of liberals like, oh, don't, you know, we got to take the virus and you should get all the shots. The vaccine. Oh, I mean, the virus. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to take the vaccine. You should get all of them. Johnson and Johnson. I'm just like, look, the Pfizer, Pfizer. Like you want me to get all the shots? You want me to be like the Thanos of vaccines? <laughs> you Do your co- civil duty. You want me to collect all the vaccine rings now? Mm-hmm. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, but there's two sides of the extreme. Me, I'm not <clears throat> anti-vaccination at all, but I'm not like pro-vaccination. I, I don't even get flu shots. So with me, I'm keeping the same energy. Like I may gravitate, say, you know what? I'm gonna go get the shot. But it's another side of me, like, why well, I gotta take a shot? The I'm gonna be honest. The only reason I would probably get a shot right now um, is to is because the world is about to open up, and there's some things that I want to do as far as sporting events mm. or. I know some some uh, even some basketball games they were letting people in, but you needed a um, a test like within like three days or two days or something like that. And mm. then you can get in. But if it, if it was a situation where like J Cole going on tour and all these mm. big tours is coming up and they like, yo, you need a vaccine. I I, I definitely get that vaccine. I know. You know right? Can't miss that. You know, it'd be fucked up. If you go, that'd be fucked up if you go get the vaccine. Cause you want to go to the Kanye concert and then he has another mental health episode. And now the cans, the concerts cancel. It's like, <laughs> I wouldn't got a vaccine for nothing. <laughs> Fuck you, Kanye. God damn it. That nigga, he gone. I got all night. three shots to see a Kanye concert, and this motherfucker lost his mind again. Fuck. I was going to abort my daughter. Kim Kardashian divorced me. I'm Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get up on stage and be like, you know what? All I see. Is black slaves. You be like, nigga, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Niggas pay $400 to be here. We ain't slaves. Yeah. They found out. I told you about his t-shirts. He, okay. This is, this guy was selling his Life of Pablo t-shirts that he had on that tour. Yeah. And they were literally gilding t-shirts that cost a $1.80. Yeah. $1.80. And he, put, he printed his little logo on it. He sold those motherfuckers for $68. Yeah. And people was buying them. Welcome to America. Welcome to America. Yeah. Capitalism 101. <laughs> just mm-hmm. be Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be mad. Just do, you know, do your own iteration of that. You, you need three steps. You need three steps in order to be a successful musician. One, mental illness. <laughs> Second of all, $80 fucking t-shirts. <laughs> and then you got to divorce your wife. Those three things will bring you that, great. You'd be successful. You'd be successful. That's it should be the three keys to success. I, all those books that come out, the 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 five easy steps to this. I'm very skeptical of anything that says steps or easy. There's no steps. Mm-hmm. Why do people act? People are so desperate to be successful, but they always want shortcuts. So the best way to captivate people is with lies. Mm-hmm. If you're a millionaire and you say three easy steps that made me become a millionaire, this motherfucker is lying. 
Yeah. You know how many doors got slammed in his face? Yeah, it wasn't easy. <laughs> you know either. how many times he probably woke up at two, three in the morning and figure out, you know how many relationships he probably lost? And mm-hmm. this this is the same motherfucker that will lie to people and write a three-step process to become a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I never thought about it like that. Because for me, I always looked at it as like, you know, I'm utilizing different um, systemic things that they're doing, you know, as far as waking up early or, you know, saving this portion of your money. But Mm -hmm. in reality, it is kind of like a it's kind of like a fast food thing that doesn't necessarily apply to to everybody. I I think it was this thing. uh, It was a thing I seen. There was a guy that was popular for having it was called Six Pack Shortcuts. That was the Uh name of his channel on YouTube. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that this made me sick. The whole title of that. There's no fucking shortcuts to abs, bro. Yeah. One, genetics definitely help. Yeah. Two, a clean diet definitely will get you there and also hard work. So when you put things like shortcuts, there's somebody that's morbidly obese like, oh, what the hell? I could get a shortcut. How could I get one? And it's you know, like, you know why those things don't work? Because what happens is these are people that are trying to promote some sort of system but they're not talking about the hard work Mm. so it's just it's just like when you know in early 2000s where a lot of these uh stacker twos and all these dieter things were going on yeah all those people that were taking that in the early 2000s is still fat now yeah so i mean there's no there's no uh replacement for hard work they didn't take stacker two they took fatter two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I took this and it made me fatter. <laughs> well, sir, you weren't eating stacker too. You were eating corn. <laughs> but they were yellow just like the corn. I didn't know what I was eating. Is that the fat man's voice? Yeah, it's a fa- every fat guy sounds like that. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> your, your esophagus is compressed. Yeah, man. Drink some water, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Oh, man. But yeah. Um, in regards to the vaccine, man, I just think that there's it's free will, bro. It's free real. It's free will, bro. Like, stop trying to say they want to force you to have a vaccine. And this is in this liberal of they took over the country and they're making you do this. It's like, shut up, man. Maybe that maybe that don't mean like literally force. Maybe they mean like like the promotion of it, because mm. what I notice, I'm watching the NBA games. I'm watching. That's pretty much all I'm watching. But anytime I see some sort of advertisement, you'll see an NBA player get on the screen like, hey, I just did. You know, I just got the shot myself. Do your job as a citizen and go get the Mm. shot. Or, you know, you got different commercials with people's masks. It's just it's just kind of everywhere. So I don't think they're forcing it on us, but you can see like they're just kind of forcing this ideology. There's an indirect there's an indirect access to things from the from the vaccine. Yeah. So if they do that, then that's in a way is kind of forcing you in a way. Uh In a way, there it can be forceful mm-hmm. if they say you can't go to this concert until you have mm-hmm. this card proving that you have a vaccine, or you can't be in the the lottery, the mm. vaccine lottery. Uh oh, yeah. You know what? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. The, Gavin Newsom and friends, they all knew Gavin Newsom and friends. <laughs> they knew how many people play the lottery every day. Mm-hmm. This is just another one of the political tricks. He said it though. He said uh, incentives work. Yeah. He said, you know, so yeah, was that your uses... throat making that noise? What was it? Wow, wow, wow. I got instruments in my seat. Yeah. Oh, dang. You just I got to listen water. to that, that back. That, that water took a while to go down. 
<laughs> that motherfucker sound like Niagara Falls, man. He said, so basically, incentives work. Wow, wow, wow. This guy is crazy. Uh, I gotta hear that. That's uh, funny. <laughs> I'm gonna put a marker on there. So oh, I can we got hey, hey, everybody give it up for Timberland. Even <laughs> <laughs> beatboxing on the He's pot. Like, basically, incentives work. Freaky, freaky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. This man. guy is so crazy. That's hilarious. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom. He 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 definitely used this as a, a promotional tool for people to go out and get the vaccine. I. To me, when I seen it, I thought it was like an incentive for people that had already done it. Yeah. But then I realized he put a date out there as mm. far as like if you get it by this date, then you can still be entered into the to the lottery. Um, and he said, you know, people even there was like gift cards for people that were getting the vaccine and more more and more people went out there and did it. But um, that's just wild to me. I, I also think this that's not how whatever money they get from that. Excuse me, that ain't that ain't doing nothing. I'm a, he's right. You're right. But I'm gonna keep it real. If I went and got the vaccine, and then Gavin Newsom and his uh, friends enrolled me in that lottery, and I won like a couple million dollars, you'll never hear any more Gavin Newsom slander on this podcast <laughs> ever again. I'd be like, yeah, Gavin, he's trying his Official best. Official sponsor. <laughs> Gavin's trying his best. He's doing a great job in California. I don't understand why you people won't yeah. give him a fucking break. That's comedy. Okay? Yeah. I've been eating filet mignon for the last week because of Gavin Newsom. God damn That's it. how billionaires feel probably about Trump. Yeah. All these tax breaks. I would never disrespect Trump. I would never disrespect Trump. Even though he wears adult diapers, I would never disrespect that guy. Nasty. Yeah, you you're, you were, you broke. Well, it's not a broken story. Like I guess that I forgot who it was that came out and talked about him wearing diapers. It ain't. Yeah, it ain't. I don't know if it's. I didn't see. I didn't see what you said as mm-hmm. far as like it being an article about. Right. But I just seen a video. He had just finished from a podium, and then he, you know, he'd be doing his little uh, photo opportunity. So he stood on the side, and his pants didn't have a zipper on them. Oh. So they thought his pants were backwards. And they kind of like wrinkled, kind of weird, Ugh. to make it feel like his pants were on backwards. Like Ugh. they just kind of wrinkled in the crotch area, uh. and his his like his it was just kind of like bunchy, bunched up in there. So that was like, yeah, uh. that nigga definitely got a diaper on in there. Ah man, <clears throat> I mean, here's the thing, man. Like whoever you support politically, I think that that would kind of sway my vote. If I find out the person I support wears a diaper, I'd be like, I can't do it. Yeah, it all depends, though. Huh, it depends. That was awesome. <laughs> Give it up for Keith. <laughs> that was perfectly placed. It all depends. You should have let that shit breathe, but I did. <laughs> it is. It is. It's not a good look, man. It, the, yeah. That's a, that's why. I mean, you said it too. Like we need some younger politicians in there. Yeah. We can't be having these old great grandpas that's you know, running our country but imagine if andrew yang wore diapers they'd be like i'm not voting for andrew wang i ain't voting for him <laughs> he can't even keep his wang in his diaper i ain't voting for him uh that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah but mm, i don't know yeah all right keith <laughs> let's go ahead and move on switching gears um, Tom Hanks references the Tulsa race massacre. Mm-hmm. All right. As a lot of you may know, if you listen to this podcast for a while, we brought the Tulsa race massacre up about two different times. Now it's finally getting some recognition. 
Um, and what's sad is this is the craziest world event that was not taught in school. We talk, we yeah. talked about, you know, Nazi Germany and the Jewish Holocaust. We talk about nine 11, which is something that will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about, uh, Pearl Harbor, you know, we talk about all these things, but even in Pearl Harbor, we only say so much. It's mm-hmm. kind of like we only omit, omit mm-hmm. certain things that don't put us in a bad light. Like when Pearl Harbor happened and, you know, we got hit, we did not mention that that was the only, I think, yeah, that was the only time we used nuclear weapons was against uh, in Hiroshima, right? Mm. So we dropped so many, we dropped those nuclear bombs and fucked them up for generations, man. Yeah. And we never talked about it. Like we never really, it wasn't in books the way it should have been. There were people that, that um, were growing extra limbs who had residual effects from the nuclear bombs to this very day, by the what way. What if that's the reason why they're so good at math? Like I said, the bombs really... <laughs> you are, Oh my God, dude. This guy is on a roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah. It stop was, Asian hate, people. Yeah, we got to stop the Asian hate, man. Yeah. Asians, ain't, they ain't as great as math as you think. <laughs> they're even better. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> that's not funny, man. But yeah. All right. Um, but no, basically, there's been tragedies that have happened all over the world. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that we didn't learn about. One yeah. of them being the most egregious in, in, in a, on American soil. Like, okay, when we hear about 9-11. Basically, the theme is, you know, brown people from another country commit terrorist attack, kill a bunch of innocent Americans. Right. That's world news. It's all over the place. And the slogan is never forget 9-11. And we should not forget 9-11. Yeah. But the first terrorist attack actually took place in Tulsa in 1921. And black people were the subject and they were bombed. And they weren't from another country. Yeah, they were they were American citizens. Some of those American citizens just fought in World War One to get bombed by their own country. Mm-hmm. And it's not taught in school, which is the absolute most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. A lot of times people say, well, this happened a hundred years ago. Nobody was prosecuted. There were innocent men, women, and children that were killed and buried in mass graves. Did you know, and please fact check me because I know what I'm talking about, especially with this. They're still searching for the mass grave of innocent and dead black men, women, and children. Yeah. Uh, and this was considered black Wall Street because of how affluent it was. Um, and they had theaters, they had, they had airplanes, they had their own newspaper. They, they just were self-reliant black people. Yeah. And what happened when they bombed, they bombed, killed and looted innocent people, but that didn't stop there. Racial mass violence happened all over America. Mm-hmm. There were other situations in Rosewood and all over the country where black people were being killed. Mind you, this is only 56 years after slavery had ended. So there's a lot of people, a lot of white people that felt slighted. Like, how are these motherfuckers successful? We used to own you motherfuckers. Yeah. How the fuck are you? How do you have a plane and I'm over here struggling? Yeah. Right. And and the reason for bringing this up is because a lot of white people have a hard time hearing this. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's just bad. Blah, 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 blah. But let's be very clear. You need to hear it. You need to fucking know it. And, and the reason Tom Hanks said, yeah, you need to know this. The reason why you need to know it is American <clears throat> history. And it's easy for us to paint a picture of some brown person running a fucking plane into a building. But every time a white face is involved in something crazy, we kind of turn a blind eye to it. 
Yeah. We can't fucking do that. Anything mm-hmm. that happens that happens to be bad, it's not that I'm putting a blanket on white people. Mm-hmm. The average white guy, white woman walking around is not responsible for the sins of America. Yeah. Right? They're not responsible for the sins of America, but there were people like you many years ago that really hurt a lot of people, right? They look just like you, but they hurt a lot of people who look just like me. Yeah. And what happens is, is, is a lot of times when a black person brings up something, they're invalidated. They get invalidated like, oh, God, you're talking about slavery. That was so long ago or so and so this and that. But then we'll turn right around and say, never forget 9-11 or uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Jewish Holocaust or X and Y. And then people make comparisons and say, ah, well, you know, the Jewish people, they got over it and look at them and blah, blah, blah. But the Jewish people were accepted as white people in America. Which a is lot different. of a lot of uh, those communities, whether you're Irish. Right. Um, you know, Jewish people. Um, that's all that I could think of. Yeah. There was no sign that said no <clears throat> Jews. There was no sign that said no Italians. Italians definitely. There was no signs that said that. So after you, a while, they just kind of like it was like, "Yo, y'all look kind of like us." So yeah. Right. And they they were like, "Hey, you come here." You're like, "What do you want?" He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, you you you're with us. You're good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, man. Uh, that's that's the reality of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about it is, is this is stuff we need to know. We need to know. And and the, the thing about it too is, is a lot of people look at. Black people is just complainers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're complainers. They're lazy. They didn't get a job. Like these type of historical events where you blow up these buildings, they affect they affect generational wealth, mm-hmm. and it trickles down all the way to ghettos and why ghettos exist because of redlining and and housing discrimination and things that did not did not allow black people to accrue wealth, mm-hmm. such as like most of the wealth in America came from the real estate market. So when you deny black people housing. And you don't allow them to move out of this area, and white people are afforded the I, the uh, the loans and whatnot. It was even in the deed. It was even in the deed. Matter of fact, if you live in an older house, I want you to go look at your deed right now. Go look at your deed, and it will tell you that the resale to a black person is illegal. Yeah, it is prohibited to resell a home to a black person, which also stifled the growth of black people. So. Yeah. These Max, are the Max Maxwell. Um, right. If you guys follow him on uh, Instagram or YouTube, he's a social media real estate guy, um, and he actually read a deed uh, right. of a property that he purchased, and it and had that that uh, that lingo in there. Yeah, and the, these are these are just <clears throat> things that people need to know. Mm-hmm. Like I've caught myself saying certain stuff about women, right? And I'm like, man, you know. And it's not that I was just being fucked. I'm just like, man, but they. You know, they, they, they doing their thing now, this and that. And then when you when you actually take time to study the plight of the people you have an opinion about, you will see how fucked up it was for them. How long women did not have a voice. How how many times certain things happened and, and it's like no one gave a fuck. It's, it's a deep history. Before you have an opinion on black people or anyone else, make sure you look, whether it's Asian people, whatever. Last week, we just talked about you know, um, uh, problems in everyone's homes, whether it's black, white, Mexican, whoever, you know, anti-blackness and more than just white people's homes, which is the truth. Things that black people say about others as racist as a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like we have to own up to all the things that have happened, not only in this country, but in our homes. Mm-hmm. The same. It might be somebody listening to this podcast right now and 
You may be open minded, but think about your dad. Think about what he says about black people. Think about your uncle. Think about what he says about black people. Think of the conversations that exist when it's about you and seven or 10 other white people and black people become the topic of discussion. And it's like, yeah, they should get jobs. They're just lazy and having kids out of wedlock. It's stereotypical. But have you taken time to look into the historical context of the people that you're speaking about? Mm -hmm. Be very careful when you do it, because a lot of us are guilty on some level. But make sure you do your due diligence and actually taking the time to look at that. Yeah. I think uh, one of the biggest. Are you going to read the. Oh, oh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. You want me to? Uh, It was part of my. I can read Keith. Okay. I'm just saying I'm going to respond in uh, like alluding to some of the stuff. You think I'm stupid? You think I can't read or what? Well. Hey, what you talking about? Tony? (laughs) I'm walking here. Hey, I'm fucking trying to talk over here. (laughs) Hey, Tony, get the cannolis in here. (laughs) All right. You guys ready? All right. I'm about to read. Uh, in a guest essay for the New York Times published online Friday, the actor asked for asked for an end to the battle to the whitewash curriculums, uh, calling himself a lay historian who studied history in high school and community college in Oakland, California. Uh, Hanks notes that his education in which he learned about the Emancipation Proclamation, the Ku Klux Klan and Rosa Parks heroism did not include the Tulsa massacre. I never read a page of any school history book about how in 1921, a mob of white people burned down a place called black wall street, killed as many as 300 of its citizens and displaced thousands of black Americans who lived in Tulsa. Hanks writes, um, the actor notes that the, this experience is common due to the history being most written by white people about white people like me. While the history of black people, including the horrors of Tulsa, was often left out. Hanks emphasizes that the Tulsa, that the truth about Tulsa and the violence against black Americans by white Americans has typically been systematically ignored, perhaps because it was regarded as too honest, too painful a lesson for young white students. Hanks goes on to write, it seems uh, white educators and the school administrators if even they knew the Tulsa mass of the Tulsa massacre for some sure, surely did not omitted the volatile subject for the sake of the status quo, placing white feelings over black experience, literally black lives. In this case, he asked readers to consider how different one's perspective might be. If Tulsa massacre were taught to students as early as fifth grade today, I find omission tragic and opportunity miss a teachable moment squandered. Okay. Here's the biggest issue with that. like I said, history is written by the winners and we could all sit here and deny it, but we know that white people have been the winners in America. Let's be very clear. And people are like, Oh God, here they go with that. This is the victim card. Okay. Question white people. Have you ever been a slave for 400 years? Has your lineage ever been a slave for 400 years? No. Has, has anybody ever had the power to tell people who look like you that you cannot use a bathroom because you're white? No. You have never been the oppressed ever in America, ever, right? This is not me talking down to you. This is the cold, hard facts about America, right? Should you feel guilty and bad? Are you racist? No, I'm not saying that you are. I'm saying that I'm tired of people needing to have to be pacified and be like, yeah, it's all good. No, it's really not. In order to fix the problems that have happened in America, it may take another 200 years. Think about this. People started out as slaves for 400 years. 
and you people try to tell black people to get over slavery. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. just as tragic as that goddamn siren that goes off every fucking time we start a podcast. God, Fuck. Sirens and mental illness and conservatives racing each other. I bet you my truck's faster than yours. <laughs> now, I think what. Um, first of all, I didn't know Tom Hanks was from Oakland, so shout out to the Bay Area. You know what I mean, yeah, um, but I think what he said was super important, especially coming from Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? He doesn't he's in a position in his career where he doesn't even have to write this type of article. Um, you know, he's just been successful as an actor and I'm sure he has, you know, different business ventures and stuff like that where he could just just chill on his laurels. But I think um, one of the things he said in that in that article that he, he wrote an op ed in the L.A. Times, I believe. But one of the things he said in that article is like he only learned about the the massacre in Tulsa last year, Crazy. which is crazy. I don't know how old he is. He's probably in his 50s. Something yeah. like that. Nah, yeah, in the 60s. In the 60s. So mm-hmm. a guy that's 60 years old only learning about, you know, something that me and not, I mean, we never, me and Eddie were never taught this in school. No, It was kind of something that, you know, I think I was introduced to it through my brother. I think he's the kind of the one that kind of mentioned the Black Wall Street and stuff yeah. like that. And he probably learned it from his uncle. And, you yeah. know, it's just kind of, it's kind of like a story that's just kind of been passed down through generations through casual conversation. But- you know, no fault to Tom Hanks because, you know, in the in the thing he he mentions that he does know he's very familiar with Martin, Luther, <clears throat> excuse me, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and uh, Harriet Tubman. These kind of cliche figures that we think of when we think about uh, black history. But um, like like Eddie was saying, like we we kind of paint America in the best light. We right. don't we don't tend to see um the the worst sides mm-hmm. of what this country has done. We don't we talk only, about those nuclear bombs we drop. Yeah, exactly. We only promote, you know, the 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 beautiful parts of America or the, you know, the American dream and how you can come here and, you know, be a mm-hmm. successful person and you can be an immigrant and all these kind of things. But we don't talk about the the cold hard facts. And I think the 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 idea of Tom Hanks putting this article together is saying we don't know how different um, we would be towards one another or how different um, our country would be as far as race relations if we had these type of stories told um, or, or, or these type of stories were part of the curriculum. Right. Because there's a that because these stories are omitted in in the um, in the curriculum, in the history classes and stuff like that. There is genuine arguments that happen about things that are factual. So, you know, like you were you're speaking um, to the people that may say like, well, slavery wasn't that bad or this wasn't that bad or this wasn't that bad. And what's happening is those people, excuse me, those people are speaking out of ignorance because they were never actually taught or they're not well versed or well researched in um, the history of black people. Right. So what could happen is they can get on Twitter or they can just create their own opinion about these situations and they will just say, well, it wasn't that bad. Slavery wasn't that bad. Like, you know, the segregation was actually a good thing and all these kind of things, not knowing that something like this happened where hundreds of black people were 
killed. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was um, essentially one of the the biggest um, blockades for black wealth in America. And, and we have never really recovered from that since. No, not at all, because there's residual effects that come from that. Mm-hmm. Um and there's other things people don't know about, like such as the Great Migration. No one was taught about that. Mm-hmm. The Great Migration. The Great Migration, sometimes known as the Great Northward Migration of Black Migration, was a movement of six million African-Americans out of the rural southern states to the urban north, northeast, Midwest and West that occurred between 1916 and 1970. It was caused primarily by the poor economic conditions as well as the prevalent racial segregation and discrimination in the southern states where Jim Crow laws were upheld. The historic change brought by the, the migration was amplified because the migrants, uh, for the most part, moved to the, the, the then largest cities in the United States, New York City, Chicago, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Washington, D.C., which to this day, Washington, D.C. is one of the strongholds for black people. Mm-hmm. So usually what happened is it's due to not not just segregation, but slavery and the Great Migration is where the most black people are, like mm-hmm. in like cities like Atlanta. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got like Washington, D.C. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, also at the time, then those cities had central cultural, social, political and economic influence over the United States. Uh, their African-Americans established influ- influ- influential communities of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they leave out the part when they grew these influential communities, they got burned down and bombed. Mm-hmm. And racial mass violence was not, it was not something that was just isolated to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I like to get, let's see here. Hold on one second. All right. Uh, yeah, this is, oh God, this goes back too far. Yeah, but basically there's, from 1919, I know this off the top of my head, but 1919 was called the Red Summer. Mm-hmm. And that's because there was so much racial mass violence where black people were the subject. Mm-hmm. So this being black walking down the street could get you killed. Um, this is shit that went on. And it's not so much like a boo-hoo feel bad for black people story, but it's more or less to empathize. I think that the empathy went out the window a long time ago. And a lot of people just have an opinion about uh black people instead of actually knowing the history behind why the landscape is the way it is Mm -hmm. and then there's a cop out too like black people they complain about poverty and the ghetto look at jay-z look how successful jay-z is look at p diddy you're you're pointing at the top one percent of people in the world that happen to be black look at all the black people that are in poverty though you think that you think that happened because they woke up and they just oh I'm too stupid I can't get up I'm I can't move. There's a lot of like average white people that are very wealthy, right? Like you think like I always you know most people don't know where our office space is, but it's in a it's in a building where there's a bunch of different businesses, and I there's I think there's two two black people here, but these there's like some really successful people, you know, lawyers and, you know, people with massage, uh, you know, places. And there's a guy that does like, um, like, uh, photography, independent. What do you, what do you call it? Like, uh, private investigators, these kind of things. Yeah. So bang bros. (laughs) Yeah. But these people that they're, they're I don't know their pocketbooks, but I imagine a lot of these people are super successful. Um, and that's like, 
you know, the average American, you look at certain certain sectors in America where the average income would be like two hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're like, what? Like, what are you like? You're the top one percent or the top five percent of America when you're making that kind of money. Right. Um, But when we look at, you know, those examples as far as Jay-Z, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is the best shooter probably ever in the NBA. LeBron James is probably like the most athletic person to put his hands on a basketball um, Jay-Z is probably the best person ever to put um, words to uh, to uh, instrumental. And these people are, you know, 100, 200, 300 millionaires. Jay-Z is a, a billionaire. So it's almost like using them as an example is unfair because you're basically saying you have to be the best of the best in order to be successful. Right. When there's a lot of people on the other side that are just like, even if you look at like a George Bush, if you look at George Bush's grades, um, they released like his uh, his transcripts or something like that or his report cards once. And it was like a bunch of C's and like one or two B's or something like that. Yeah. And that that will get you to be the president of the United States. Barack Obama had to be the best, you know, professor at his school. And, you know, yeah. but you, you have to look at all the trauma associated with it, whether it being like uh Black actors couldn't even get roles because white actors would take the role and put on blackface. Mm-hmm. This is like really shit that went on with black people, mm-hmm. but it was never taught in school because it would it would it never it took the Superman S off of America's chest mm-hmm. from all the shit that was going on here in the United States. Yeah. So there's and when you look at okay, if you go to Google and look up Red Summer, uh, the history of it, and it just talks about all kinds of different shit. It basically says. Uh, on July 27, 1919, an African-American teen- teenager drowned in Lake Michigan after violating an unofficial segregation of Chicago's beaches and being stoned by a group of white youths. His death and the police refusal to r- arrest a white man whom eyewitnesses identified as causing it sparked a week of rioting between gangs of black and white Chicagoans uh, concentrated on the south side neighboring neighborhood surrounding the stockyards when the riots ended August 3rd, uh, August 3rd through 15th. White 23 black people have been killed and more than 500 people injured. An additional 1,000 black families have lost their homes when they were torched by rioters. This is in 1919. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the type of shit that went on in America for a long time. Mm -hmm. A long time. And and the house of discrimination did not stop until 1968. How much do you expect a group of people to recuperate from 1968 to 2021? That's not very far. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we have to think about it. I was talking to uh, my pops and uh, we talked about, we mentioned the Tulsa race massacre that happened in 1921, which was only what? I think it was 56 years after slavery had ended. Mm-hmm. And then in 19, the last living slave was interviewed in 1933. And that's when my grandpa was born. Mm-hmm. Right. My grandpa just passed at 86 and I'm only 36 years old. So this will give you an idea of how not long ago this was. Mm -hmm. But we like to tell ourselves, oh, it was so long ago. Why are people complaining about it? Mm -hmm. When you hear the gripes of people, even if you don't agree with the shit they're saying, just sit back and listen for a while and see if you can see if you can try to empathize and listen and be like, God damn, I didn't know that they had that going on. Oh, fuck. I didn't. You're, you're, you're going to start like really understanding that the shit that's going on, because there's some black people that are very dramatic, right? They're very dramatic because that's how they deal with it. 
and then they get um what do you call that they get uh like oh that guy is just overreacting yeah oh he's just overreacting but i'm speaking with sense here yeah so for all those that are listening i hope this is more of a lesson also don't just listen to me and keith reference everything we're saying look it up and then start to really even if you still don't understand it keep on doing the research because you have to unlearn all the nonsense you've been taught yeah i also have conversations with people and listen to people talk like um you know, as far as this whole Asian hate movement is something that when I first seen it, my natural inclination was like, uh, this is just kind of like a one off incident. Oh, maybe it may it may not be that bad. But once you start to hear people talk about it, like guys like Jeremy Lin and they're right. communicating about it and how they've been dealing with certain things throughout the duration of their lives, how how uh, certain situations happen when he was on the court, you know, playing in high school and yeah. playing in the NBA, playing in the G League and stuff like Which that. Which is a predominantly black sport. Yeah, and exactly. Being talked bad about. They called him coronavirus. Yeah. So um, I'm saying like I am able to look at that situation and, you know, hear what he has to say and be like, yo, it really is an issue here. This yeah. isn't something that's uh, just made up or this isn't something where a bunch of people are just uh, trying to play the victim there you like go. they are really the victim. Big facts. Oh, let's be clear, too. Let's be clear, too, because I'm pretty sure there's some people that tune out with these podcasts when whenever they're remotely uh, the topic of discussion. But as a black man, if I could sit back. And look at a guy like Jeremy Lin, who is Asian, and he's he's mentioned that he got called a coronavirus. He's been called anti-Asian things on the basketball court, which is a sport dominated by black people. Right. I don't endorse what they're doing to him. Right. At all. So with me being cognizant of that, knowing that people who look like me can say hateful and do bullshit and do hateful shit. If you white, you need to go back and you need a motherfucking look at everything that me and Keith just mentioned. And do your due diligence. That's the only way you make this world a better place. Is by actually looking at what can be what can be wrong with people who look like you and the type of shit that they in. Mm-hmm. Cause until you do that, it's gonna forever be a problem. I seen one girl post this shit on Facebook and I was like, wow, th- people are crazy. She posted like, um, this the conversation of slavery is so played out. This was not exclusive to America. And if you understand the history, you know that this is this and this is that. And she had a bunch of people agreeing with her like, oh, man, clap. Oh, clap, clap. That's true. Slavery, they make it like it lasted forever and blah, blah, blah. Just a bunch of ignorant people that are clapping for other ignorant people, not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Slavery lasted 400 years. And, you know, the only slaves that were in America were black. Mm-hmm. So you can't speak to the experiences of someone. You just need to fucking listen sometimes. That, that was one of the most ignorant takes. Was slavery only in America? No, it was other places, but on American soil, black people were the only slaves. Yeah. But I, I still don't think anyone, like the thing that had been trending a couple weeks ago or maybe last week, the whole Palestine and Israel oh, yeah. the conflict. I don't hear, well, the, that's a touchy subject and I'm not well-versed in that Same enough here. to even have an opinion. Um, I did take like this class and we spoke about the, the conflict over there. What it seems to me is like, it just depends on what side you're standing on. If you're, is, mm-hmm. if you're Israeli, then you may have an opinion. If you're Palestinian, then you may have 
an opinion over here. But I, the, the thing I, I say that is that like, I don't see too many people just diminishing it. Like, Oh, cause this is something that's been going on for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. Um, I don't see people like, oh, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like every time, or even when we talk about the Holocaust, I don't see people like, oh, it, could, it couldn't have been that bad. Like it's just, it's just like people are blowing it out of proportion. Like I just think like because it's a black plight, it kind of, it tends to get diminished as right. or comes off as like us complaining or right. whatever. But yeah, I, I tend to look at, I, I tend to have empathy for other people's plights. Like even uh, it was Armenia, I think it was Armenia and Turkey. Mm-hmm. It was something going on. Like I was a genocide out there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy, man. Mm-hmm. And I start seeing a lot of these like Armenian, like these flags. Mm-hmm. And I talked to you. I was like, "Yo, I've seen a lot of flags. What's going on?" I think you think you referenced it. And then I looked at some. Other, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, this is terrible." Mm-hmm. Right. So, and especially in Los Angeles, there's a, a definitely a, a, a I don't know what the percentage of people who are Armenian that live mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, but I know there's a good amount, just like mm-hmm. there is of Asian people. Yeah. But everybody has their own plight. Yeah, I think it's important to be empathetic towards it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but there's that man. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and move on along. Switching gears, um, Sean King. Uh, recently, Sean King had a take, and for for those who don't who know Sean King is, he's like I guess you call him like a almost like a civil rights activist. Um, he brings a, awareness to a lot of issues, especially happening in the black community and whatnot. But this motherfucker, man, sometimes he he just goes overboard, dude. Mm-hmm. And with in this case, he did it with the Boston Celtics logo. And I gotta I gotta read this off because I think I took the screenshot. Actually, should have been more prepared here. All right, Sean King. Let's see here. Where is it at? Uh, boom! Here it is. All right, this is what Sean King wrote. Y'all not ready to talk about how no team in American sports is built more around whiteness itself than Boston Celtics. Their logo was a literal white man, like the whitest white man you could imagine. Their name, the Celtics, is based on what you call a certain group of Europeans. And white people in Boston have always thought of of the team as their team. They hate Kyrie Irving for rejecting it and rejecting them. First of all, a Celtic is a goddamn leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Not a white person. It's a goddamn leprechaun. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some people that have to reach for controversy to stay relevant. And yeah. I think that Sean King is one of those people. Mm-hmm. I think that Sean King, um, it, two things are true about him. He brings awareness to issues that happen in America that need recognition, but he also needs controversy to stay relevant. It's no different than Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson been with some fuck shit ever since Martin Luther King got killed. That Damn. nigga was there. Martin Luther King was there. He I mean, I mean, uh, Jesse same... Jackson was there. Excuse me. Yeah, he got that same nasty perm too. Yeah, like oh, basically, um, in America, we need to come together. It's like, bro, I'm yeah. so tired of hearing his voice. Him, <laughs> it's the the two that get on my nerves is Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. Those two, Al Sharp, Al Sharpton is more annoying though. Yeah, because now Al Sharpton's not even fat anymore. Yeah. Now he's all skinny, taking booty pics and shit now. Oh, Al Sharpton is the one with the perm. Yeah, it's Al Jesse Sharpton. Jackson with the afro, huh? Yeah, not, not afro. It's, it's 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 low now. It's low. But uh, Al Sharpton took a picture in a mirror, like a selfie. That booty pic? It, it wasn't like meant to be a booty pic or nothing, but 
he just looks so scrawny. I think he had yeah. that. I think he had that surgery that makes you lose weight, like the lap band or something. Really? Yeah, that nigga looked like a black vampire. He used to be fat. Yeah, yeah. I never seen him fat. Al Sharpton used to look like he was getting double doubles from In and Out every day. <laughs> that was crazy. He wasn't even a civil. He was a civil fries actor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, a Celtic is an actual person. It's not a. Oh. It says uh, relating to Celts or their language, which constitutes a branch of Indo European family uh. and includes Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, Welsh, Breton, Max, Cornish, and several extinct pre Roman languages from Ga- Gaulish. Oh, well, there's a white person. <clears throat> Big deal. Yeah. It's still a reach. Still a fucking yeah. reach, Sean King. Come on, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much there is here but sean king is a person that i think he um he monetizes the black plight so i feel like when you are uh getting paid handsomely from something going a certain way i feel like oftentimes you may have to reach um in certain situations and i think this is this is one of them and i think he has the uh the ability to kind of like ruffle people's feathers a little bit i don't know what the comments were like under his his twitter post but i do know that um you know there are people that i mean he has a lot of followers and i i know that there are people that actually follow him and go to him for the news um i'm sure there's people that speak casually in conversations um referencing things that they have seen on his page so i know he has uh, power in that manner but the this situation is just it's just like it's just sports I, I feel like even historically um things can be represented one way but I think that there may I think Boston as a uh as a community there may be some sort of uh racism um ingrained in their in their culture um but I don't I don't know how much race is involved in the reason why Boston fans don't like Kyrie. I think Kyrie is a a very polarizing person Mm -hmm. and he also stepped on their logo, which, you know, it didn't constitute him, you know, getting a bottle thrown, thrown at him or whatever, but fans are uh, very passionate about their team. Right. And if you come even, I I imagine, you know, us as Niner fans will feel the same way. If a person came and he kind of like screwed up the culture of what we got going on and then he left after a year. um, And then when he came back, he just wasn't very like, you know, like he's stepping on our logo and all this kind of stuff. We would probably have the same sort of like disdain towards that person as um, a lot of those fans do. So, uh, I guess a small fraction of it could be racism, but in reality, it's just it's Kyrie Irving. Like you know, people just—he's just a polarizing person. Yeah, yeah, that's also true, man. So you never know, man. I, I just think that you never want to do something where you constantly have to seek out this controversial take in order for it to keep you relevant, mm-hmm. or you shouldn't have to do that. Well, me and Keith, when we do this podcast. We don't always reach for the craziest, like, we don't look for rumors like, hey, guess what me and Keith heard about Kim Kardashian? Rumor report, rumor report, rumor report. <laughs> Talk to him. <laughs> we don't do that shit here, man. With Angela Yee. With Angela Yee. Angela Yee don't want nobody in her business, but she ain't everybody else's. Yeah. Her and Wendy Williams will make an amazing talk show. Her and fucking Charlemagne, because Charlemagne said all that shit about Kwame Brown. 
yeah. which was absolutely stupid, by the way. I, I think Charlemagne really, he brought that on himself. He made himself the donkey of the day, too. But mm-hmm. I felt like it was a really Wendy Williams moment. Yeah. He was like, you don't want to mess with Kwame Brown. His father killed somebody with an axe. So-and-so did this. I'm like, dude, first of all, like, dude, why? I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with someone disclosing that information, especially if I don't, you don't know me. One thing uh, Joe Budden was saying was he was like, there are these mental health advocates out here. That's true. That lose sight of that when they're sometimes they're someone. speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because logic was making fun of him. Exactly. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, this is a mental health. This is the guy that was talking about. He wanted to hurt himself because of me. But look at what he's doing. Yeah. And it's the truth. Because, yeah. you know, what? I fuck with logic, but that's pretty hypocritical, though. Yeah. People just got to you got to be mindful of your brand. I think, uh, you know, sometimes people lack self-awareness and this is when they kind of end up in these these situations where you're wearing like shirts that say like hashtag make mental health cool. And the next thing you know, you bringing up the most traumatic experiences from somebody's past. Yeah, right, right. So it's like that's the thing, man. If you're listening to this, too, be very careful. Don't try to don't try to like. I think liberals are more guilty of this where they try to love everybody. Mm-hmm. Like they try to, they, it's almost like they try to appropriate everything. They try to support everything. And it's like, they or su- look at the flaw in every, right. In all the norms that are going on. Right. Diet culture and body shaming and gender's mm-hmm. not real. And, mm-hmm. um, don't eat animals, don't eat animals. And, just everything, like everything, you have to understand that regardless of what you believe in, reality will take its course. Mm-hmm. Reality will run its course. And while reality is running its course, you have to make sure that you realize that you can't try to normalize everything. That's just not how the world works. Mm-hmm. It may take time. Right. Because think about this. Um, for many, many years people being gay was not socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. It's barely been socially acceptable. What are we talking for the last eight years? Yeah. They're able to get married. Yeah. Like I say, I say, I I say at the most eight or nine years, it's been socially acceptable for people to even be gay before that. They'd be like a lot of gay people was scared to come out. What was that? Prop eight or something like that. I don't remember what it was. It was like no on prop eight or yes on prop eight for gay people to get married. Yeah, I was just like, I never, it never bothered me though. That never bothered me. I was never was like, in the Bible, it says Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Like, I wasn't never on that. Mm-hmm. You know? I was. I ain't gonna front. You was on that? Yeah, <laughs> I was on that. I wasn't for like gay marriage, <clears throat> but I wasn't against it. I was like that. Oh, you just kind of, being I, neutral is a picking up position too. I Like, I just didn't want no parts of it. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I, I see it like this. I think Chris Rock said it best. Chris Rock said, Gay people got the right to be just as unhappy as everyone else. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> to get married. Yeah, because yeah, they're just going to get a divorce like everybody else. Yeah, being miserable. Yeah. Imagine arguing with another nigga. Like, oh, man. Arguing with a girl is enough, but <laughs> arguing with another dude, I got to be crazy. You don't care about my feelings. You don't care about my feelings. <laughs> Two niggas with deep voices saying <laughs> you don't care about each other. This <laughs> is crazy. I'll beat your I'll beat your ass. Like, man, I'm going back nigga, to Nigga, you toxic. No, nigga, you toxic. <laughs> and then you have makeup sex. God dang. 
That's crazy. Damn, man. Yeah. Where do we go with that, man? <laughs> Turn into the Joe Button podcast. It's Pride man. Month, man. We just got. Oh, it is Pride Month. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to uh, all of my family that I'm pretty sure my the, my family that happen to be gay don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they do not listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But shout out to y'all if you come across it, man. Yeah, man. I I I am like uh, I do feel happy that. You know, even in our family, there are uh, gay and lesbian uh, people that that are in our family. I, I'm happy, at least on my mom's side. I, I can't I can't really say about my dad's side, but on my mom's side, at least like we've come to a place where like everybody's accepting. Like you mm-hmm. know, my cousins my cousins can bring their boyfriend, or my cousin can bring his husband around, and everybody just you know treats um, everyone like people. I think that's, you know, that's the metric that we should always uh, judge people on, you know, so I think that's that's beautiful to me to see. Man, I know a dude that said straight up, he said, if my son came out as gay, I would never talk to him again. That's crazy. I was just I hope his son is gay. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You can't say things like that, man. Yeah. That's your son or your daughter, bro. Like people, that's, yeah. that's insane. It, it, we fight for so much acceptance. I, I think the the best thing people can do, I think it would help me is just like being a heterosexual male is just learning to empathize and then also creating a scenario in which like you could relate. So, you know, for people coming out, you know, a lot of times People are just fighting for acceptance from their parents. They want right. to, you know, make them happy as far as, you know, and when you're a kid, you may make a, a piece of art that's terrible and give it to your mom. Like, yo, mom, I made you this. Or, you know, you may try to uh, on Mother's Day or Father's Day, give your parents like just imagine doing those type of things and not being accepted by your parents or yeah. you know you even if you play sports like imagine you playing sports and you know your parents never go to your game or you know they don't even want you to play or you know you, you ask them to hey dad we got the championship next weekend you want to show up and they're like nah get out of here I'm, I'm watching tv right now whatever so just put like as a heterosexual person put yourself in those situations to to uh you know see like how that disapproval would affect you right you know think about that as far as like somebody coming out like you know how it would feel for them to be like shunned by their parents for it's a lot of gay people that literally they leave their hometown so they could go be gay it's a lot of people yeah i got a cousin like that yeah or go to like a college campus go to a completely different state just Mm -hmm. so they could be openly gay because they know if they be around their family, they're going to be chastised forever. Yeah, it's a lot of gay thoughts out there running around college campuses. I didn't say that. Keith said that. <laughs> Keith seems stupid, man. <laughs> You're going off, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it, it, no, I say that jokingly, but like it do be like you just, they just get loose. And girls and guys, we all like very loose in college, but. That's the same idea where like they'll leave. They'll they'll be from you know like Tulare or something, and then they'll go to uh, UCLA or whatever or San, uh, Santa Bar- UC Santa Barbara or something, and then you know they'll just be like, I'm gonna. I think that I would say eighty five percent of whole phases take place in college. I would I would agree with that. I say about eighty five percent of whole phases from the the college age, which is from about eighteen to about twenty three, mm-hmm. 
to about 18 to 23. But the whole phase don't stop if you ain't married by then. I say it stop at about 25. 25. That's when the whole phase really stopped. Mm-hmm. That's when that's when people start shutting it down. Like, all right, I'm 25 now. I'm five years from 30. Let me try to figure you gotta out. Figure it out. Huh? Gotta figure it out now. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you ain't never getting a lot of people that you meet though. This is a completely. I'm going on a tangent, but most people are like used cars. Yeah. It's like going. Everyone you meet is like a going to a used car lot. They yeah. they got so many miles, bro. It may look nice on the outside. Like, wow, this is a great Honda. But you look at the miles, you're like, 400,000 miles. God damn. You look at that Carfax. It got a threesome on there. Damn. They got one night stands, trips to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Them trips to Las Vegas is the biggest whole, it's the biggest whole moments for people. Yeah. They go into Vegas. They're like, oh my God, I had so much fun. So much fun. You'd be like, yeah, somebody fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I think my, I I was a a late college graduate. So, I think mine ended like 26 when I was like, when I was getting ready to graduate and coming back to Bakersfield. And I was like, okay, let me just, let me just chill out for a little bit. That's real. You know what too, fellas, if you got a, if let's say you got, you got a girlfriend or she's your fiance and she plans and they got a trip and it's with all of her friends that happen to be hoes, well-known hoes. That's not going to go good, man. Yeah. If she, cause the type of friends that your girl has is important. Is she hanging around with a bunch of wild girls? She's one too. That's when you got to go back to the 70s and start, you know what I'm saying, really setting, putting your foot down in your relationship. Yeah, be like, look here, woman. <laughs> you get in there and make me a sandwich like I told you. <laughs> you think you got rights, huh? You got no rights. Uh, you barely got the right to vote yesterday. You better go make me a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right. the thing, the thing about these situations, like slavery and all this stuff, there are some people that are like progressive in their in their ideology. Right. As far as like, I'm sure there was people. I don't know for sure, but there might have been, you know, one or two people that was like, yo, this isn't right. You know, I'm not I'm no longer going to have slaves. You know, I, I'm sure it's small fraction. I'm just giving this scenario. I doubt that. Um, but I say that to say. But the idea has to come from somewhere. You know, it wasn't like you know, there was somebody out there that was like slavery is wrong. So what I'm saying is that most people are just victims of their time. Yeah. They're not necessarily good or bad. They're just victims of their time. That's also true. So as far as like the sexism that, you know, that was going on in the early, you know, I don't know, 60s or 50s. It was socially acceptable. Yeah. Even like sometimes the abusive parts of like Mm -hmm. we see all these movies where musicians slapping their girlfriends and stuff like Ike Turner and uh, James Brown, all these movies, they slapping their wives and stuff like that. Bro, you know how you know shit was fucked up for women? Is because men have a shirt that's called a wife beater. Dang. Like, how is that okay, bro? Where, where do you think that came from? Let me let me tell you how fucked up shit is for women, bro. Not only do they got a shirt called a wife beater, but the term pimp is considered cool. Yeah. Pimping is the action <clears throat> of sex trafficking a woman, in some case against her will. Mm-hmm. And we be like, oh man, I'm out here pimping. That's Th- crazy. That's how fucked up it is. We have so made it socially acceptable to almost like make women's trauma cool. Yeah. 
That shit crazy, bro. When you think about it, think about it. Pimping, there's nothing good about pimps. Yeah. Being a pimp ain't nothing good about that at mm. all. I'm a P-I-M-P. Yeah. We made it cool to be a pimp. Mm-hmm. Like them, like they beat women and sell their body. Yeah. How the fuck is that remotely cool? Mm-hmm. And we wear wife beaters, bro. Yeah. Where did like did somebody beat their wife while they was wearing it and said, "Oh, this is my favorite shirt." Probably so. Yeah, I could see that happening. I get more range of motion when I. <laughs> my shoulders ain't as like constricted when I'm whooping her ass. <laughs> It's the same thing basketball players wear. That's why their dripper is so good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, man. You got to know how to take a joke. You're listening to the podcast. <laughs> we have made fun of Martin Luther King, slavery, Asians. <laughs> no one is off limits here, man. Equal opportunists. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Switching gears. Um, I think we've all heard of the, I guess, the saying or idiom, uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I think that's bullshit because I think that nice is subjective depending on how people are interpreting it. So, for example, if I tell someone, hey, I care about you and I really think you should lose some weight and I'm here for you, whatever you need. They could be like, you know what? That's just mean that you tell you body shaming. Why are you telling me? And then actually the person's probably 400 fucking pounds and you really care about the person, but they don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. And they call you mean and say you're body shaming them. We got to stop being so pussyfied, man. Yeah. We got to stop being so fucking weak as people. We got to stop it, man. Mm-hmm. Because what's what's going to end up happening is we're so afraid to offend people, we never tell them what we really want to tell them. Mm-hmm. We just hold back, hold back, hold back, hold back because it's not considered nice. Sometimes the things that you really need to hear are not exactly always nice. Mm-hmm. They're not always what you need to hear. I mean, they're not always the things you want to hear, but... You need to hear them. See, yeah. we, we've gotten too used to an inconvenient. We got we've gotten too used to a convenient truth. Then, well, we've gotten too used to an inconvenient lie. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, convenient uh, truth. Yeah, I've got it all messed up. That's, yeah, we got, we, you, got, you we, get, we we with you, Eddie. We with you. You get you get it. Yeah, yeah. The truth is inconvenient. Excuse me. It's inconvenient because you know you have a problem. Mm-hmm. The inconvenient truth is very important, and sometimes that could be interpret it as being mean when it's really not being mean at all yeah and i think it says more about us when we expect the whole fucking world to tell us something nice all the time that's not real man Mm -hmm. that's not real because when i step outside this building somebody can tell me something that i don't like and how i react to it will define like how like who i am Mm -hmm. like they're like hey man i think your podcast is terrible it sucks i'm tired of listening to it i'd be like the way i would honestly respond hey man I'm sorry. Um, I appreciate you listening, taking the time to listen when you did. Now we'll move on. Yeah. Because I know that this podcast is not for everybody. Yeah. Everybody doesn't want to hear about Tulsa Race Massacre or Martin Luther King or Jake Paul. Like everybody mm-hmm. doesn't want to listen to this shit. I know that. Yeah. Right. But I'm not going to, you know, 
generalize those people as mean because they don't want to fucking hear it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of growth in the um, some in some of those things, like not not hearing the 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 nice thing or like I, I think that like you were saying, like a lot of these cliches are outdated, and I think I think they are outdated, but I also think that the context is important because. Sometimes, you know, I think these cliche, I think a lot of cliches stem from like school um, dynamics, if that makes sense. Like, you know, treat others how you want to be treated and, you know, don't say anything unless you have something nice to say. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in elementary school, fourth grade, fifth grade or something like that and you getting roasted or, you know, you uh, you you know, you might be bullying somebody, but you expect them to treat you nice. I think these that's where these things are created. But yeah. once we get older and once we start realizing the world is more nuanced than um, a lot of these cliches, then we have to change the way we we think about stuff. So I say that growth is um, comes in the form of like conflict and, you know, hearing these things that you may not necessarily want to hear. Um, there's been, you know, uncomfortable conversations that people have had with me or about something I'm doing or about the way that I'm moving that <clears throat> really helped me grow as a person and a, a communicator. Um, even like conversations that I would have with my girlfriend that maybe, you know, may not necessarily be super uh, comfortable, but they were things that I needed to hear. And, you know, it, it afforded or it allowed me to become a better person uh, overall, a better podcaster, a better a better son, a better brother, a better uncle, um, the whole nine. So I just think that we, um, we have to become, we have to remove the, the nice or disrespectful or the good or the bad. I think some things are disrespectful, but we have to remove that, um, that terminology and think of, um, some of these things as, um, things that may help you grow, you know what I mean? And not necessarily a, a good or a bad or a nice or a disrespectful thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I got slightly distracted. I got a, uh, what do you call it? A notification of the fight. Oh, what happened? Uh, well, Floyd won and dude barely hit him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> dude barely hit him. I was looking at the score right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I'm glad we, me and Keith didn't support that fight. I mean, I would have watched the fight, but I'm podcasting, so. Yeah, but if it was really that great of a fight, we would have made some time. Yeah. You know you know what? Here's the thing. <clears throat> this would have been a better one, though. I think that if we need to get, well, we already have a screen here in, in the in the studio, but it would have been cool if we streamed it somehow and had it up and then waited until the fight went on and then, like, had a live reaction to the fight. Oh, that would have been dope. That would have been dope. It would have sounded like Jesus, uh, Jesus and Mero. Oh, no. Those guys. I, I, I'm not going to slander Jesus and Mero. Not on here, but when we get off, we're talking bad about him again. I low key try to, I low key try to set you up. <laughs> oh man, uh, trying to set my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep that off uh, <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I met him, McGee, I'm K Fing. He got yeah man uh, oh man yeah not not a whole lot to say here you just can't live in a world where you expect um you expect everyone to be nice to you mm -hmm. i think a lot of the shit that we bought into as children or that our parents told us it's outdated 
Yeah. It's outdated, man. Just like the whole idea of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's mm-hmm. a that's bad also. We talked about that on the old podcast. Yeah. Um, just because something isn't broke doesn't <clears throat> mean it's not a problem. That's the same thing Circuit City said, same thing Blockbuster said. Ah! You know. Now they broke. Yeah, same thing Toys R Us said. Yeah. Yeah, they, what was their slogan back in the day? I want to be a Toys, Toys R Us kid. kid. Yeah, ain't no kids in that motherfucker no more. <laughs> <laughs> but but to that point, I think, whoa, what was that? You sound like a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I got lamb. I got beatbox. I got a one. Like he said, bye. <laughs> but I I just think like it's it's important to constantly find ways to improve. Constantly find as a podcast duo where you know constantly searching for ways to improve the aesthetic of our uh our office space um you know sound quality just we're trying to get away from the mental illness of downtown bakersfield lord so you know just trying to keep improving yeah i just i think that the last podcast we ever do here is going to probably be like it's going to be the mecca of mental illness is going to be happening outside. <laughs> hey, somebody help! People are like, oh my god, why did this motherfucker show up? It might be episode like two hundred something by then. We're like, yo, we're just gonna let we're gonna go down st- stairs with all of our equipment and just interview the motherfucker. That's <laughs> we could probably interview him from upstairs. Probably be like, talking. say something to the people. I need help. <laughs> I remember back in the day uh, when the coronavirus was really hitting hard and that one dude would just walk around here yelling. Yeah. And I was busting up what you said that one day on the podcast. You was like, the dude was like, uh, <laughs> he's like, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Fear me, not the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Did I tell you? I was actually thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't know if I've ever... So I don't know. I definitely haven't told it on the podcast. Or I don't know for sure. But did I tell you one time I was pulling up to uh, to the crib and, you know, uh, we park in the other the other apartment complex, the parking yeah. lot. And um, I was sitting there. I might have been listening to a podcast or listening to, to some music or something like that. And um, somebody tried to open my car and get in the get in the car. <laughs> I think you told me. About yeah, that. it was some girl. She was. Out of out, she was off her rocker. Like, I need to suck some dick. <laughs> I might have let her in. <laughs> Get in here, woman. I ain't had some crackhead in a minute. <laughs> some crackhead. <laughs> some crackhead head. Oh man! Yeah. But that, she was really she was talking like yeah just just give me a ride around the corner just real quick. I was I didn't know what to was say. That, that same raspy drug addict voice. It was that rap. She had that raspy drug addict voice. Like hey, I'll do anything. I'm yeah. like shit. She was trying to get a ride to the store or something like that. I oh my like, nah. god! Yeah. Why do Why do people have that same raspy voice when they ask you for shit? <laughs> like hey man, I was wondering if you had some spare change. And then they go see another person and talk all normal. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Uh, <laughs> I give them like 50 cents and a throat lozenger so you can clear that up. That'd be crazy if that raspy voice just disappears if you give them $50. Like, <laughs> I was wondering if you had like a little bit of change. You give them 50 bucks. Oh, I appreciate you. God bless you so much. You. Like, motherfucker, you are not homeless. <laughs> A lot of these motherfuckers be asking for change are not homeless. There was a car these it was a car these black kids, man. This was years ago. Mm. One of them had dreads. 
Mm-hmm. They couldn't be no older than like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers are going to to stores asking for change. And then I seen them on on just all over the city. Yeah. I seen them one time, and mind you, they lit, they were at the Circle K off of Oak. Yeah. And then I seen that's them. That's spot. Yeah, that's their spot. Mm-hmm. Then I seen them <clears throat> on White Lane. Then I seen these motherfuckers. At the A&PM? Uh, no, nah, I am seeing them at the A&PM. But oh. I seen them in a couple places, man. Oh, it's a, uh, I think it's I a fast them. strip over there. Was it fast strip? Where? On White one? Lane? No, not that one. No, oh, okay. no. I seen them over there. Oh, the AMPM. That's right. They mm-hmm. were there. Mm-hmm. I, be, I was seeing them all over there. I'm like, these dudes are hustling. Yeah. They getting, they, I doubt they catching the bus. They probably got a car parked yeah. somewhere and they just mm-hmm. popping out. Yeah. I remember this dude asked me for change <clears> twice <throat> in one day. Really? I told him too. I said, hey, man, you asked me for change earlier, bro. What did he say? He's like, oh, okay. This nigga did that's not all care. he said. This nigga did not care. Oh, he didn't say not, yeah, That's funny. Like, oh, 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 my bad. Right. It might be. A, it could be a job for some people. Yeah, it's not worth it, man. You're not making shit. Get a real job. Yeah, Th- that's when get a job applies. Mm-hmm. You ever heard people be assholes and be like, get a job, get a job, and it's somebody that's really homeless and down on their luck. Yeah. You got to understand how many homeless people actually have mental health problems. They can't get a job. They could barely take showers, man. So that that doesn't apply to them, but yeah. this this dude I'm talking about, that motherfucker needs He's to able. get a job. Yeah, yeah. you're able bodied and you're young. Yeah, you know it's like, come on, man. Yeah, but yeah, um, switching gears, we'll close it out with this one. Um, Demi Lovato <clears throat> on diet culture. All right, um, all right, Demi Lovato. All right, Demi Lovato accused of having double standards after promoting. Diet Dr. Pepper. A double chin and a double standard. Yeah. It, it, what's weird about Demi Lovato, I think she's still attractive. Yeah. But she has this weird, uh, like her chin's like a booty chin. Yeah. <laughs> Demi Lovato is cute though, man. Um, yeah. She got a booty chin. <laughs> yeah. Like her chin is like Superman's chin. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's super chin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. Super Chan. All right. That's uh, the name of the pod. Super yeah. Chan. <laughs> All right. Demi Lovato is feeling the heat after feeling the heat from some after being spotted with a Diet Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar microphone weeks after criticizing a frozen yogurt shop for promoting diet culture. Lovato, who identifies with they, them pronouns, criticized Los Angeles based frozen yogurt shop the big chill um, because they believe that the shop promoted harmful messaging about diet culture they have spoken about their battle with eating disorders in the docuseries demi lovato dancing with the devil despite this while the iheart radio music awards on may 27th lovato held a diet dr pepper zero sugar brand and microphone while being interviewed as a result of some of the social media especially on twitter believe this contradicted the, this their previous stance and tried to call them out for what seemed to be a double standard. Okay, look here. Hold on. What does she say? Hold on. Let me see this. This in quote. So Demi Lovato went on a whole rant about diet culture a month ago just for them to pr- be promoting a sugar-free Dr. Pepper. So is this diet culture okay? Only when it gives you money, Demi? Ooh. This is why people are failing to take them more seriously because this is just hypocritical. This is a tweet from somebody. Um, 
Here's the thing about Demi Lovato. Pronoun is, those pronouns is hard to get out, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm not going to fucking do it. <laughs> she, Demi Lovato, um, the thing about it with her is I feel like she's had a mental decline after her uh, when she OD'd. I think that this is partially some of the reason for her her takes on things. Mm-hmm. Um, she's partially blind from having that fucking overdose, too. I watch, If you think I'm bullshitting, go listen to the whole episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with Demi Lovato. And she seems like she's, you know, decent in her thought. But there's probably parts of her brain that don't process things right because she tries to stand on these things. She was, she, sa- she was saying that she couldn't see him like in, during the interview. huh? She said she could. But she said that like there was a part of him that she was seeing she through. She couldn't see. Yeah. yeah and I'm just like, crazy. oh, my God, man. She should have been in a blind side. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Featuring Demi Lovato and Stevie Wonder. Where is everybody? Nah, but um, oh man, there was a part in uh, King. Of, you, is that a quote from the movie? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the trailer. Yeah. That's just the whole movie. Hey, where is everybody? <laughs> Uh, That's comedy. (laughs) She was in a in a medieval movie. Who goes there? (laughs) (laughs) Featuring Edgar Allan Poe. Who's that knocking on my chamber door? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That sounds yeah. crazy. I just think uh, Demi Lovato has these wild takes. <clears throat> and I think some of these takes may come from the fact that she had that OD, and I feel like it does affect your brain. But <clears throat> I also, like, I think that she can't stand on everything she's promote, promoting. Like, what's going to happen is this. She just talked about the pronouns thing. She wants to be prom- called a they or their, 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 them. They're, they're, them, right? Mm-hmm. But she's going to do an interview and say, as a woman, I feel I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you was a they. Yeah. I, yeah. Thought, I thought you were they. Yeah. I, the, 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 I have a couple points. I think that, I think I seen this pattern before. Okay. I think that in, a few years from now, she's going to be a little bit less liberal than she is right now. I think, and this is no disrespect to like the, uh, the those kind of people. I don't even know what to call them without being disrespectful. But those kind of people like Demi Lovato, I think that they start to learn and consume information. You start to, you're starting to learn about um, terminology that is detrimental to people's mental health. You're starting to learn about, you know, you're starting to put at or you're starting to define some of the internal thoughts or feelings that you may have. So, you know, you're, you're learning new lingo, um, you're experimenting with different things. And um, I don't want to be disrespectful and call it a phase, but I do think this is a phase. Um, secondly, <clears throat> I was doing some research on the whole non-binary thing and I only got more confused 
because there were people that were writing um, in this little article and they were saying, I consider myself non-binary, but I also consider myself a woman. Yeah, it's like, what? So they were saying like they they like they basically can be called a they them or there and they also can be called like he her and, and she and stuff. So that's when I was just like, I, 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 you know, I bowed out of the whole thing. I didn't really understand it. But <clears throat> I think what happens with people like Demi Lovato when you're when you're so weird, like just as far left as you can be, um, a lot of the the things are going to fall flat. And I'm telling you from experience because I know these kind of people in my personal life, um, <clears throat> you tend to be so far left that you almost can't live a regular life without right. contradicting yourself. Exactly. There you so go. for a person like Demi Lovato, she's attacking the diet culture now. And, you know, maybe her favorite, you know, like like you said, she's holding this microphone that has diet that has diet coke on there. Diet um, Dr. Pepper. Oh, Diet Dr. Pepper. I was gonna say Diet Coke. That might be yeah, that might be triggering for her. You should she, it would have been funny if she didn't even have Diet Dr. Pepper if it was one of those knockoff brands from like Shasta. <laughs> It'd be Dr. Thunder. <laughs> they would not she would have not got no shit for that. I just have so even liberals, like moderately liberal people have a uh a um gripe with Demi Lovato. Right. But even with that the, I, the way I look at it is you, if you are a person, a liberal that supports all these different things, you can't really have anything to say about Demi Lovato because you're supposed to be a person that supports people coming into themselves and discovering themselves and coming out and, you know, uh, understanding their gender and all this kind of stuff. So I don't even <clears throat> some of this stuff to me is just it's just uh I don't know. It's a lot. I will say that much. It is a lot. It's every a, day is something. It's every day is something. Why do you need to be called a there, 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 or that, or there? It's there, right? They, them, are there. They, them, or they are. Like they are going to uh, be on the podcast next week, or so. Something. As a there, <clears throat> she deals. No, as a they, as a they, they deal with a lot. Yeah, I can't get used to that shit. I can't get used to that. And you can't get mad at me for not getting used to it. I will purposely try my best not to disrespect the person. If they said, hey, I want to be called a there, I'm going to call them a there because that's what they want to be. But if I make a mistake, I'm not being uh, what do you call that? Uh, what is that called? Uh, phob something phobic, non-binary phobic. Yeah. <laughs> non and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. But this is what she said. This is why this is important to bring up. She uh, called out a, a frozen yogurt shop prior, basically saying Demi Lovato has called out a frozen yogurt company for selling sugar-free diet options. The singer objected to the guilt-free branding, which she said can trigger disordered eating. Lovato has been open about previously eat, previous eating disorders and tagged the post with hashtag diet culture vultures. That's crazy. What is it? Sh shut up, Demi. What is a diet culture vulture? I don't know. But she says, I have a, I've had a problem with my eating. She says something like, I would eat this and I would just throw it up. I'm just like. One thing that I will say is I have a struggle with alcoholics and alcohol in general. But I don't expect Walmart to stop selling liquor or anyone to stop selling liquor or people to go. stop. I, I am doing this thing where I'm more so working on myself to deal right. with this issue. I think that 
Demi Lovato and other people um, like they or like them, they tend to um, want the world to change around them and think that every every thought that goes through their head is the end all be all. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So and it, I just think like <clears throat> she the, the reason why I say like, you know, these far left people tend to contradict themselves a lot is because you, you can't really stand on that and live a normal life. This is the same person that is um, she's talking about diet, the, the seeing the diet is triggering for me. And I had this eating disorder and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, but she's also like California sober. Yeah. It's just like, so you, in your mind, you've made it okay for you to smoke a little bit of weed here and there, you know, after, you know, and many people consider weed to be like a gateway drug or something like that. And, you know, after having this overdose, you think it's okay to smoke a little bit of weed. And, you know, some people may consider weed to be a drug. Um, that's neither here nor there, but that's okay. But, a sign that says diet in a frozen yogurt is triggering you. I'm like, come on, dog. I'll say this. I, I don't <clears throat> I don't think weed's bad at all, but I will say this. Is it puts you in an altered state, right? You you become a little high, like real, you know, real, you know, relaxed and tired or hungry or whatever. You're just not like you your mood is altered. That's a fact. I don't feel like you deserve to be in an altered state if you OD'd. Yeah, I feel like you've done enough drugs and enough everything where you just need to be off everything. You don't mm-hmm. need to be on anything. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah, because I know I know drug addicts. I have them in my family. Yeah, and I feel like them being under the influence of anything, even marijuana, that I don't really see a problem with marijuana at all. I think they've lost their privilege to marijuana if you fucking OD on drugs. Mm-hmm. You need to just get you need to just get back to reality, but. That's neither here nor there. Demi Lovato, I hope and wish the best for her, but she's she's got to get off this extremely, uh, extremely <clears> left, <throat> extremely left wing, uh, false reality that she's caught up. Demi in. does drink. Oh, that's what it says. Yeah, she shouldn't. Yeah, she shouldn't. It's people like you shouldn't be telling a. I'm grown- sorry to cut you off, but I was that was pre podcast conversation. Oh, oh what. Because I was saying oh, she's California yeah. sober, and then yeah. you were saying she doesn't drink. Oh, she okay. Does drink, yeah. She does drink. In moderation, she says. Yeah, but what's moderation to somebody that had a fucking OD? That's the problem. Yeah. You don't know what moderation is. So alcohol and weed is not triggering, but diet terminology or lingo is triggering. In America, we don't know what moderation is, because <clears throat> if, if we did know what moderation was, then why are 70% of the population overweight? Yeah, people say I only eat bad in moderation. Y'all don't know what moderation is. Going to McDonald's five to four times a week is not moderation. Yeah, some of y'all be thinking that that's Mick moderation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's a trip, man. That made me think about the '90s, man, when they had the super size. Uh, yeah, bro. They was trying to kill us, in, huh? In the early 2000s and in the 90s, they had what was called a supersized fry. I still remember it to this day. That motherfucker was huge. Oh, my God. That fry needed its own bag, bro. And then That's they, so crazy. They also had some of the McDonald's. They called it a bucket of fries. You remember it? Mm-mm. You don't remember it? It looked like a large cup, but instead of a cup, it was like a small bucket mm-hmm. that they put a bunch of fries in. I do. Rem- I don't remember that, but I do remember at Del Taco they would put the um, large fry in a cup. Oh, they did, but they did it at McDonald's first. Mm. 
Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's true. That's wild. That's <clears> wild, <throat> man. It's crazy how much grease we be eating. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know when you when your palate is it changes when you get a little bit older you start mm-hmm. to taste all the ingredients in food yeah. and you're just like yo this is disgusting I didn't know it was plastic in this shit yeah <laughs> 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 pasta used to be good back in the day but now it's you start just, to be able to identify the certain chemicals they put in this tastes like monoclot- mono- <laughs> monochloride uh, solophate <laughs> this yeah. tastes like sodium phosphate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This shit should not be in your food. I remember mm-hmm. um, I looked at this can of um, it's called uh, avocado oil spray. Yeah, and I read it, and guess what the ingredient said? Avocado. Yeah, you told me this. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what it should say on your food. most stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's if you buy a bag of rice, right? It shouldn't say sodium phosphate, sodium glutamate, sodium chloride. Mm-hmm. Like bleach. It, should, it shouldn't say none of that. <clears throat> The, it's cra- it's cra- not to cut you but, off, sorry, but it's crazy how the visual of food is almost more important than the than the health benefit of it. Yeah, it's like crazy. we're bleaching rice and we're you know mm-hmm. cu- putting different uh, chemicals in apples to make them more green and mm-hmm. stuff is just crazy. Yeah, it's an apple man. Yeah, there's um, a chemical that's put on some tilapia mm-hmm. that I was like, are you fucking kidding me? To Don't- make it more bright, like a bright. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me check it out right here. Hold on. It's in tilapia. Uh hold on. Tilapia. And then put the chemical. What'd it say? Uh oh fuck, it's a couple. No, chemical PVC. Oh fuck. What the hell? Dot debut a chemical used for creating PVC plastic can also be found in farm-raised tilapia. This is a toxic chemical uh, has been known to cause inflammation and weaken the immune system. It can also increase the risk for allergy, asthma, obesity, and metabolic disorders. That's not even the one I was looking for. Uh, I think it's called uh, it's carbon dioxide is in it, I think. Mm. Let, me, let me look. What's this bad, bro? Let me see. Carbon, you know, carbon monoxide. Oh, carbon monoxide. Much of tilapia farmed in China is frozen, then treated with carbon monoxide, a gas that prevents meat and seafood from discoloring as it ages. Carbon monoxide treated fish is safe to eat, but the treatment does deprive consumers of visual cues about the freshness, freshness and handling of the seafood they're buying. This is terrible. I feel like... um. Humans are almost becoming like the food. Yes. Like when we like cows, they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We are turning into fucking cows. Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. I I think that um, like that, like, you know, even beef, they're probably curing the beef to make it more bright red when you go in. Exactly. I I understand it as um, like visual people. When we go in there, we're looking at the, the beef and you know, there's a bright red one, and then there's one that's kind of brown. We're gonna mm-hmm. look at the brown, like, Ugh, that's terrible. Uh, but right. it's only because we've been like conditioned to think that mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean the meat is any healthier or, or less healthy. And I yeah. think the same way where everybody's getting the, uh, the Brazilian butt lift and yeah. uh, boob implants and lip injections, aesthetics. It's, it's all aesthetics, man. We want just 
this per- we want perfect everything mm-hmm. it's unfortunate <clears throat> yeah just like when you see the burgers from mcdonald's on a commercial and they look so fluffy and good, yeah crispy lettuce and sliced uh tomatoes and diced onions and yeah you go, and you go in there and the patty be it's not the like sandwich that. be smashed like a motherfucker yeah one time I got a double cheeseburger that was so smashed. I was like, did somebody take this out their back pocket? <laughs> the fuck is going on with my cheeseburger, man? That yeah. shit was crazy. That was funny. But yeah, there's that, man. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, man. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fiends. We're out of here. Peace.